Hello everyone and welcome to a spooky episode of End of Time Cast. I'm your host, Michael. You, yeah, you better do it, Chris. Nope. I'm Chris. <laughs> Fuck it, one of us is playing Halloween, the other's being a furry daddy. <laughs> oh, we are recording this the night before Halloween and... um Sorry if we disappoint anybody, but no, we don't have any Halloween specials for this one. Um, we could always like bullshit about favorites, you know, horror games. Do you like do you like horror games at all? Are you into them? Uh, I don't go out of my way to play them. I know a lot of streamers they do their spooky October, you know, month long stream of spooky games. I don't do that. Um, no Spocktober for you? I, mean, I guess that's something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to say a lot of games that I go out of my way for to play in general. But I play them when they come around. You know, like I said, uh, the Resident Evil 7 was uh, very surprising. Surprisingly very well done. Good trip back to the old horoscope. Yeah, I um, tried playing, uh, I think it was 6 or 5. Oh, good God. Something like Bless that. Bless your soul. And it was absolutely terrible. I was like, okay, I guess I haven't missed anything. Because before that, that I, I hadn't really played since uh, 2. Oh, man. 2 was actually up on my wall for the longest time. I, I genuinely love 2. Even some, even more than 4, believe it or not. But um, that's personal preference kind of thing. Yeah. Uh. Do you like uh do you like Dead Space? Interested in those? I own them. Uh, at least the first one. No. Um and I haven't played it yet. But it was on Games with Gold, I believe, and I snagged it. Oh yeah. They're they're uh they're worth it. They they do suffer from the jump scare shit now and again. Now that's a that's definitely a downfall. But if you've ever played Doom Three, it's not to that degree. It's genuine horror and creepy weird shit as opposed to oh man it's quiet oh no he jumped out of the pipe oh man they do <laughs> but it's just handled better yeah uh atmosphere is really good eerie eerie soundtrack the story is really good <clears throat> the third one uh eh. they did a good job of tying the story up but the gameplay started getting into the Hey, you can always buy these parts and fucking make new weapons. And I played through the entirety of three. Wish I could tell you something about it. I remember the beginning of it took place in the snow. That's that's pretty sad, you know, yep. when you play through a whole game. That's I mean, it's not fair. It's a fairly recent game. Um, I played one and two repeatedly. Each one of them at least two or three times a piece. But played through the third one once. Don't remember shit. Couldn't care less. Um, what else? What else? I, I mean, my first, my first horror game was actually Resident Evil. That was back when yeah. that uh that that ex friend of mine let me borrow the PlayStation. And oh man, even for archaic as it was back in the day, that was some shit. You know that dog at the door. Oh yeah, that's one of the most uh, terrifying things as a child. Man, finding a hunter for the first time, and you know it. Beating the shit out of you, and then it just jumps up in the air and fucking takes your entire head off. Oh yeah. Um, side tangent: that game always has a very specific 
in real life soundtrack to me. Have you ever had times in life where it's either a life event or, or I guess in our case, an actual game where you've been listening, you were listening to something else, and you always, when you think of that game, you think of that music? Uh, only Final Fantasy VII. What, okay, so what, what album or what music or song always comes to mind when you think of Final Fantasy VII? Uh, probably Midgar, or actually, uh, Junon, Junon, however you say it. Well, well, this is more like, okay. The, uh, I mean, I don't associate is, it with something happening, but that just comes to mind and I'll randomly get that in my head and think about it. Let me think, let me, let me phrase your question this way. Let me pose what, why I'm getting at. For whatever reason, I think, I guess around this time, I was shifting gears in my music and a friend of mine had recorded on cassette tape for me, uh, a Green Day album. And I want to say, I want to say it was Dookie. It was either Dookie or the next one. Uh, good God, I, I could, I could, I could sing every song for you right now, but I can't tell you the fucking album title. <laughs> but because I had Resident Evil, I had these four PlayStation games and this new album at the same time. I played this album all the time. It was not a discredit to Resident Evil's music. It was not a discredit to the way that they composed their music. It's just that I had this new album and I constantly listened to it. So whenever I play Resident Evil 1, anytime after that, or I see Resident Evil 1, I hear, you know, nice guys finish last in my head or hitching a ride or something. I oh, always so associate Resident Evil. Thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking okay. that's what I'm getting at. More of like, have you ever played a game and had a specific song or preferably an album and been like, yeah, when I play this game, I always think of this music. No. Uh, yeah. I, I guess because I bounce around. And again, it's never, it's never been, even today, when I, when I watch videos while I'm playing a game, it's never a discredit to this, to the music. It's never a discredit to the, or lack of music. Uh, you know, you don't always have to have some bombastic soundtrack. A, a good horror movie is an example where you can have quiet, subtle little twangs here and there, and that, that's all you need. Uh, Breath of the Wild, another good example. You run through a lot of landscape in that game, and aside from battles or specific music keys, you you just hear subtle little piano cues now and again. Um, but it's just sometimes in my personal life, I've had it where I've listened to other music, and I'll just just associate life events to specific music. I remember going to uh, MEPS in New Orleans, Louisiana, for my military exam, and Somebody had let me borrow their, uh, or I had acquired, uh, Lenny Kravitz's new album at the time. And I just remember that whole entire album. Just, just remember it. Anytime that I associate going to the Warrens now, I think of that song and that, or those songs and that music in my head. But, <clears throat> I liked Resident Evil. I liked Resident Evil 2. Uh, I played 3 a few times. Good. I, I mean, it was, it was, it was doable. Uh, played four a long time later. I enjoy four. I like the way four is set up. Uh, I want to say that I had five and played five once. Didn't care for it. Have never played six because, oh my God. <laughs> six, five and six was, was around that time for me where the story in general was really, really starting to piss me off. My um, big issue with the series is the controls. Um, really? The, even going back to 1 and 2, where you have to actually 
turn the way you want to face and then move forward and stuff like that. Now, uh, let me ask, are you talking about you today in 2017 going back and playing it? Or are you talking about when you played it back then where you like, oh, fuck this. So I think I'm a little better at it now because of other games doing it, but I'm still yeah. not a fan. But it was absolutely terrible for me back then. That's probably yeah. why I never actually completed one of the games. Yeah, they're definitely rough to go back to. Any any of those old tank controls, they take they take some time. They take some some patience. But I mean, back in the day when that's all you had, well, fuck. Yeah. You know, those that, that's it. a good point. <laughs> tank controls. You know, when it's like a vehicle or something like that. I don't have an issue, but it was trying to play a person doing that, where I need to react <laughs> quick, do things, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, not enough of a uh, margin of error there. Right. Uh, I have played, I have never played the first Silent Hill in my life, so I have no context for it. I have played two. I bought two around the time I had a new... This is how silly I was. I had Silent Hill 2 back in the day. I bought it fairly new when it came out for the PlayStation 2. And I think I tr either traded it to somebody or sold it to somebody back then. Not realizing, I mean, who the fuck would know that a fucking cult hit that game was going to be? That one of game many games in my life that would in the future be worth lots of money and be be hoarded, you know? Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed Silent Hill 2. It's a good game. Um, I I don't know. I I, I guess I kind of agree. I don't go out of my way to play horror games, but if there if there's some that catch my eye, uh, I'll take interest. It it takes a lot for me, I guess, because I'm so desensitized to horror shit via movies and games. Uh, a good example: my wife and I recently went to a haunted house, and borderline bored. <laughs> Except for a few parts in it is the best I would agree. And when we're driving home, she was like, why don't we go to the escape rooms or something? And I figured we could try those. But when we were having conversations about actual horror, like themed houses, I, I feel like there's a median that I want to go try, but an extreme that I don't want to go to. Like the one that we went to in New Orleans and even one we went to here uh, in my hometown it's been the, you know, here's a, here's a, here's a house. It's set up with like 20, 30 separate rooms. All their rooms are elaborately decorated and the people inside have awesome costumes and great makeup work. But it's get in a line and walk through, maybe have some jump scares. Somebody claps or somebody bangs a wall or somebody, you know, blares a horn and you just walk through this fucking assembly line, not not running, but at a quick enough pace where when you want to stop and look at shit, you can't because you're holding up the line, you know? Yeah. And then 15, 20 minutes later, you're out. And, I, and I was, I'm, immediately when I exited the one in New Orleans, I was like, all right, all right, what was interesting? I remember these two things. That's it. And if you were to go through this house and just take a fucking hour of your fucking life and look at everything and go, man, that's some detail. Man, that's creepy. Um, but you don't get to do that with generally with these with these haunted houses. On the opposite end, you have the oh you're here you're here in our care for 24 hours. Sign these five fucking pieces of paper. F sign these waivers because we're gonna fuck with you. I don't I don't think I want to do that. Not because I'm scared, but because I don't have to go to that level. 
I need to go to a place that's like supposedly haunted, but they fuck with you in subtle ways. You know what I mean? That's yeah. how, that's what gets me. Even in games or movies, subtle horror is what gets me. I think modern houses like that one in New Orleans, they they. I told my wife I, I I treat them as an example of what's wrong with like horror movies today. Like they, all they think they have to do is be real quiet and then bang, throw a fucking loud noise at you and make your head turn. Like that's not. I'm fucking yeah, 35. Jump I'm not scares. T- exactly. You don't have to. If there's 20 fucking jump scares in your movie, you fucked up. It's the ones that are really quiet and have that shit where you go, oh shit, I didn't even see that over there. That's fucking creepy. That's that's what I'm interested in. Um, a good example of games that have done that for me recently. Uh, earlier this year, I played both of the Outlast games. Uh, you can find them on Steam. Fairly cheap. Really really good games uh they do suffer from jump scares every now and again but it's more that almost pitch fucking dark something can hear you something can see you and it's trying to get you it's trying to find you and you're trying to hide and trying to stay away it, is that the one with felt, the camera yes the okay. second one had the uh, actually both of them yes yeah, sorry both of them have a camera okay. um really fucking good not only from the story itself not only from the gameplay it was it was like metal gear solid meets fucking silent hill it was just that fucking you're trying to be sneaky and you're trying not to get caught and that shit is right around the corner and it's it's right there it can see if you fuck this up they will see you and then and then you're on the run and you're trying to get away and they gotta find another hiding spot and hopefully i'm out of their zone and um i played through both of them and had a genuine good fucking time to the point where I wish I wish I could tell you what it was I played. I played one or two different horror style games afterward and di- couldn't care less. I just, just had no fun. Uh, there was a stealth game I played. Shit. Oh, what is that? Dishonored. That's what it was. Okay. I went from playing Outlast and Outlast 2 and then played Dishonored and a, a key thing to Dishonored is stealth. You know, right. you're trying to not get caught by the fucking guards. And I couldn't get into it. I was like, man, what you been through fucking Outlast? This is garbage. This is bullshit. Oh, no, he's going to club me to death or shoot me. I guess I better run. <laughs> um, Crazy how to, a game can just totally just unearth a whole different game right out from under you. Yeah. Um... What about you? Any other any of the horror games of note you can think of? No, like I said, I don't really play them. Yeah. Um, Resident Evil was my big one early on on the PlayStation, and I have a lot of them. I have a lot of them queued up in uh, Steam and whatnot, and on Xbox from the games with gold. I don't know. Maybe next year I'll do the October thing. Do you think you'd ever do a? Uh, you think you'd ever do like a VR horror thing? Uh, probably absolutely not. <laughs> We're gonna, we should take, take note. We're gonna have a VR episode one day. We'll jump on that and discuss it. I think that would probably scare the absolute fucking shit out of me, so I don't know if I'd yep. ever do it. I really I, don't I've know. Like, watched people do it, and that's enough for me. Yeah. Uh, even like the roller coaster stuff, as much as I love high intensity and fucking speed and rides like that, I don't know, man. That shit's a bit too real. <laughs> Have you seen that game uh, Emily wants to play? 
Uh, no. I like the way it sounds already, though. Yeah, you go in. I mean, there's different levels to it, so to speak. But the first one is this creepy little girl. And uh, the thing is, when you hear her laugh, you have to find her. Because when you when she's not in your vision, she charges after you. Oh, um, shit. So you have to sit there and stare at her until she disappears. So in VR, having hearing that giggle, and then you're just looking all over the place. And yes. then, of course, when she gets you, it's a jump scare because, you know, she jumps into the screen uh, no matter yeah. where you're looking. So, yeah, not happening I for th- me. I think those games are right up a fucking alley for scaring the shit out of you. Like, even, even thinking to a game like Outlast where you're in a dark room and you know something's coming, so you juke off to the side and duck behind a corner. You really, I mean, you can move your head around, and even if you vary the speed of your analog movement, I mean, you can move around fairly fast. There's a whole difference, whole fucking difference, and you looking at a screen and moving your thumbs to move a position of camera around, and then it's in your face. So that's what you're looking at, and you are physically looking around. Nah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a challenge. That's a challenge, man. Yeah, I think it was the... uh the Alien game, Alien Isolation or something like that. Yes. I don't know if it's the newest one where on PS4, which I don't know if that's the only console was for, but it actually read the movement of the controller. So if you moved oh. it, it would generate sound or something else that would cause the monster to notice you or the alien to notice you. No, that's cool. Yeah, so it added a, added a whole nother level. So instead of just not touching the sticks on the controller, you just had to hold the controller still. Yeah. That, any Anything like that that adds to it, I, I'm down for it. I'm down for trying it. And it just it adds more applications for what could be done. But, man, in a horror game, it fits. It fits a little too good. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's our, that's our spooky take, everybody. I hope you had your uh, Halloween feel. <laughs> Um, any plans? Are you, uh, are y'all going out trick-or-treating or anything this year? Yeah, we are. Yeah, th- we're kind of up in the air. I, I, I have not had a costume picked. I've been so blase about Halloween this year. Um, I went as a fairly easy one last year. I've done it a couple years. I went as Hitman, though I don't think right. I'm actually allowed to wear that costume because I've never played a Hitman. So I kind of <laughs> feel, I kind of feel sacrilegious, but... I look the part, so... Yeah, yeah it fit. Um, I could yeah. instantly tell what you were when I saw the picture on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, for anybody that's seen the... I think it's the 2016 version or 2015 with Rupert Friend, I believe is is the actor's name. That is my fucking Hollywood twin. To the point to where we actually... Uh, my wife and I were looking at different vo- movies he's played in and seen just different scenes where he's where he was in it. And he has some of the same mannerisms as me as well. It was really fucking creepy. But, uh, I don't know. I thought, as a joke, I was thinking about going to Stone Cold Steve Austin this year just because I think I could pull it off. But, eh. I've just been so whatever about Halloween this year. That'd be interesting to see. Sadly, it's a sad story for me. I'm not a kid, and I'm not going to be that fucking dick adult that's like, hey, I did dress up. You still should give me candy. As much as I want candy, I'm not going to do that. I mean, in a lot of places, it's actually illegal. Yeah, I know. And I just, I wouldn't do that anyway. So, 
and we don't have our own kids yet, so we're in that point where we're like, we'll probably go trick or treating with somebody, like maybe some family. But man, and just dress up the rabbits, you know. <laughs> oh, she would love to hear you say that. She actually <laughs> bought some costumes for the rabbits, and they unfortunately they were they're It's not that they're fat because rabbits generally aren't fat. They're just so fucking fluffy. The costumes didn't fit, so we had to take them back. Nah. Um. I gave her full reign to pick some costumes out if she wanted to. We could take some pictures, and she fucking did 20 backflips because dressing up rabbits is so fucking adorable. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they were, they were too big. But, uh, no, and plus, I'm the, I'm the other adult. I'm the other non-adult because we don't, we don't go out and party all the time. Uh, the friends that we use, that usually throw parties this year, they haven't done it. They just decided to be lazy and go hang out, which I totally understand, man. When you don't have to throw a fucking party, it's, it's a little easier on your life. But, uh, yeah. Plus, and thirdly, I'm on my vacation. I don't want to do a fucking thing, so. I hear you. <laughs> it's just, it's a fucking day of the year right now. I'll have time for family and Thanksgiving, and I'll have time for presents and family at Christmas, but Halloween right now is just, meh. Just chilling, just recording a fucking podcast, you know. <laughs> yep. What? Uh, I guess we should do it an actual former int- formal intro. Twenty twenty something minutes in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the End of Time Cast. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Today we got a good topic. Uh, today we're going to talk about portable games. Not 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 yet though. Not, don't everybody get your popcorn ready. Uh. What, what you, uh, what we wanted to do beforehand, we need to do uh, some well actuallys. I think you had some corrections and some additions you wanted to make from uh, last episode, so uh, I'll let you have at that if you if you want to. Sure. So, I was talking about the Dark Souls, and I didn't know what I had where, except for that I was pretty sure I owned one of them. <laughs> so, how it works out is I have Demon Souls and Dark Souls 2 on the PS3. Right. I don't remember why I bought Dark Souls 2. Um, it may have just been on sale, you know, for dirt cheap or whatever. Yeah. But I actually did not own Dark Souls. Oh, wow. So then Dark Souls 3 rolled around on Xbox One. That's where they had the deal where if you bought Dark Souls 3, you'd get Dark Souls, the Xbox 360 backwards compatible version, for free. Ah. Funny thing is, I bought this after it was expired. And they still gave it to me. Oh, wow. So I was like, all right, can't beat that. So you've definitely owned Dark Souls 2 twice. No, I don't own Dark Souls 2 at all. Or I own a PS3. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't own any any of them. It was that it skipped Dark Souls 2. So it's kind of funny in that I played Demon's Souls on PS3. I'll be, I'm, and I was playing Dark Souls on Xbox One. That's what I was talking about before I was stuck. But when uh, I played Dark Souls okay. 2... I'll be playing on PS3 again, and then when I get to Dark Souls 3, I'll be on Xbox One. Gotcha. So I'll be switching controls, you know, for each game. Anything Um, else? You know, I was thinking about how much I'd played PS3, because I know I spent quite a bit of time playing, but I couldn't think of any games. So Mm -hmm. after we ended the other day, I actually went and looked at my gaming shelf. With and yet 72 titles, you're like, oh, God, what a dick. I no, forgot. I only have maybe 10-ish games. I don't have a large PS3 library, but I spent a lot yeah. of time. 
One reason being GTA Five. <laughs> that's the you. So you own that one on PS3. Yes, and that's what I owned it on first. I owned it on Xbox One as well since it came out for it. Um, so I actually own two copies of it. But tell me your, tell me your hot take on uh, GTA Five. I think it's a great game. Um, Jesus Christ! Have you looked at the numbers and seen how well that game is still selling to this oh, day? Yeah, absolutely, Rockstar wow. is nailing it with wow. the multiplayer. Um, I like. I, I will if I'm doing nothing and I don't know what to do. I'll actually load it up and just go in and do the uh, cunning stunts races because oh, they're yeah. so fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, the Man. story was good. Being able to switch between the three characters, yes, was well done. I love that story, and I I love the dynamic of running through all three because they were all three so dynamically different. Yep, that you had three different personalities and three completely different lifestyles every time you changed. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and throw a spoiler alert for Grand Theft Auto Five right now because God knows we might get into it a little bit, but one of my most one of the most memorable moments for me in that game, and this happened not, you know, a couple, this happened several fucking times, is switching from either Mike to Trevor or, uh, shit, I forgot his name. There's Mike, Trevor, and Frank? Uh, yeah, yeah, Franklin, Franklin. Franklin, yeah, or going from Franklin to Trevor. So, a uh, random scenario, okay? Join me on this fucking journey. I'm playing a fucking mission with Mike, doing uh, a random fucking mission. I was just supposed to go drive somewhere and fucking steal some money and then get back on the road, and I was going to link up with with uh, with Trevor. He has to go somewhere and do something. So I drive, start the mission. I drive, go do the fucking thing, get on the road, switch over to Trevor. Hey, Trevor, I'm going to need you to go do this thing, and then switch to Trevor, and Trevor's like passed out in the back of some fucking stranger's yard with alcohol bottles everywhere uh, in his fucking underwear and a duck walking by. And I'm like, what the fuck were you doing before the mission started? Or I'd be playing as Franklin and then go to, I would just be as Franklin, like on the street walking. I would be like in the mood to just go buy clothes or something. Like, All right, cool. I got some new clothes. Let me switch over to Trevor. You switch to Trevor, and it immediately is in a fucking car with Trevor, who is in a fucking a, a gunfight on the road with cop cars shooting at him, and he's fucking throwing his shotgun out the back. Yeah, fuck you, motherfuckers! Bang, bang. I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> really, really good at doing that shit in that game. Had such a good time with just little... If there is another company out there that's great about doing details, about little minute things, it's Rockstar. Yep. They nailed they it. Had, oh, so many, so many little bitty things that would happen. And yes, I love the story. I was engaged with the story all the way through that game. Um, I will say as, as a last minute kind of thing for the ending i don't i don't think i care for the ending too much and i was a reason why um 
I think it was because the ending forced you to pick between people, and I didn't agree with it. Like, I got narratively how they made it work, but, and I've had this discussion with other people about other games and other forms of media. Just because you tell me this is why this is supposed to be this way, I don't have to agree with that. I still don't have to like that. Yeah. Uh, a good example, just a side example, is Mass Effect 2. Uh, I remember having a discussion with Adam about why they took out grenades. I fucking love the grenade aspect of Mass Effect 1. You fucking look at something, you throw a grenade out, and it goes in a straight line. They all but pretty much took out grenades from Mass Effect 2. And he was like, well, that's okay. If you go read the narrative, if you go read some of the dialogue, the extra shit in the game, they tell you why grenades were taken out. And I'm like, Man, that, doesn't, that doesn't work for me all the time. Yeah, and I had no uh, idea you, about that before he mentioned it either. You can you can give me reasons why you can write down a plot device or write down a reason why. Oh well, we just hand wave this off. Doesn't mean I'm gonna like it. And the the actual details are escaping me at the moment, but there was something about the ending of Grand Theft Auto Five where I think it was like you had to choose between killing. I think Franklin had to choose between killing Mike or killing Trevor. And there was no way around it that I remember. I could be totally wrong. There could be like a, a secret way or some shit. But I didn't like the fact that they wrote that in and forced that in. Like you had to pick between killing one of those two. I played both the endings. I, I, both of them got killed. But I didn't like either one. I just thought that was bullshit. Yeah, it's been too um, long since I played. I don't even remember now anymore. It's something like, so at the end of the day, I think you either had to pick between shooting one of the two, or you end up killing both of them and you leave. I think Franklin Franklin is the winner, quote unquote, at the end of Grand Theft Auto Five. He's the one that gets away. Which, hey, that's cool because Franklin was a cool dude, but they gave you a choice. You had to either backstab. You had to backstab Mike or backstab Trevor. And I don't know. I just, I, I didn't like that. Yeah. I, I didn't care for it. I also didn't like that throughout the whole entire game, toward the later end, you remember that fucking dick FBI agent? Yep. That, so all three of you were like, man, why the fuck don't we just like kill this dude? Why don't we just fucking end it? And, you know, Mike's like, no, you don't want to do that, man. He's got ties, and it'll your life will be worse. And Trevor's like, I don't give a fuck. Let's do it. <laughs> Franklin's like, yeah, man, this is how we handle that shit. And they go through this big ordeal about, no, we can't fucking do that. We just can't. We can't do that. And at the end of the game, they just fucking do it. They just, oh, let's go do it, and they kill him. So, and I mean... These are these are story nitpicks that I'm having. You know, I still enjoyed the entirety of that game. I could still go through that game again and have a fucking blast. And just like any open-ended game that's like Grand Theft Auto, just like Just Cause or any of those games, you can just pick those games up and have a fucking blast. You can have a fucking ball. Um, the whole entire game gets a good fucking nine, nine and a half out of ten. The story gets like about an eight, eight and a half, only because it fumbled for me at a couple times. Yeah, I also it was wasn't brutal a f- too. Oh god, yeah, oh yeah. Um, 
I also wasn't a fan of how not user friendly it was with personal cars. Like, there were a few times where I picked out a specific. I remember there were two or three specific car types that I liked, including a motorcycle type. And I would take it to a garage and have. I'd have the fucking paint job done. I'd trick it out the way that I wanted to, have all these fucking details. And if you took that back to your house, like let's say you took the Franklin's house, and then you took it out, go did what the fuck ever, you took it out of the garage, you went and drove around half Hell's Half Acre, you destroy that car, that's done. Now, I get it. Like, I understand if it's, if they're slightly realistic, you know, if you wreck your fucking car, you're done. But, it's a video game. <laughs> I spent a lot of fucking money on that car. <laughs> and it's not like that happened to default vehicles either. Precisely. Precisely. Uh, yeah, I think the old Grand Theft Auto games used to be that way as well. Like, there were specific cars if you had in GTA 3 that if you kept these, they would be, like, permanent forever, but... I don't know. It was just a small nitpick. At the end of the day, all by the time that that became a thing for you anyway, you should have been rolling in money anyways. So if you wrecked your car, you could just drive around and find another one and then spend some money and trick it out again. But that's just me being a fucking, you know, my pinky waving in the air gamer. <laughs> like, no, I want to save my cars. It's a video game. Good game, nah, they, good game. They, I know, had some issues in multiplayer, too, with uh, personal vehicles. I don't know if they all got worked out. Sell, sell multiplayer to me as a guy who's never played the Grand Theft Auto games at all in a multiplayer setting. Sell it to me. Uh, Make me want to go play multiplayer. You know, I don't know if I'm actually the person to do that. Because <laughs> all right, well, you fucking the, failure. <laughs> here's the thing. I, I enjoy it for the races. Mm-hmm. But any time you're going to do multiplayer, unless you have a group of real-life friends you're going to play it with, or even online friends, you know, a steady group of people you know, it's not worth mm -hmm. doing. Oh. Because the things that are worth doing are typically on a harder difficulty, and you can't just run through it with randoms. Um, uh. People will quit. People will just be bad sometimes, which, you know, that happens, but... People yeah. will quit. People will not do what they're supposed to. Um, playing the way it works is your lobby is essentially a session of the game on the map, and you just have all these random people in there. So you're trying to do, you know, play with your friends or whatever. You can do a private game, but there's some features that aren't available in private games. Mm, so okay. you're trying to go around and do something specific, and you just have some moron running around with the RPG, you know, just killing everybody he sees because he doesn't care, you know? Um, and there are actually modes, and the reason why you can't do everything in the private games is because there are modes that focus on you against other real people and organizations and stuff. Like right. they have the motorcycle gangs, they have the company. Uh, recently they did the Smugglers DLC, mm -hmm. which I don't know if that carries over from the company or organization or if that's a new organization. And you can only be in one organization at a time or something like that. Uh, as far as the, it's the CEO organization thing. Um, yeah, so it's one of those things where you want to play with people you know, not randoms. Mm 
And right. I don't know if really anybody that plays uh, five still. So um, it's so it has multiplayer aspects, but they're more geared toward groups multiplayer. Yes. Yeah, there, gotcha. I don't know that there's really anything to do single player multiplayer. As, that's a funny way of saying it. Um, as a solo person in multiplayer. Uh, right. Other than races. And even then, you know, it's annoying trying to get lobbies for certain races. And Rockstar is a pretty good system in place, but it has room for improvement. I got to say, man, it's it, it says something. I mean... There could be other factors in this, like maybe you just haven't played other games, but it says something when of the plethora of beautiful and mechanically sound racing titles out there, you jump online on Grand Theft Auto V to do racing. That's that's That says a lot about that game. That says a lot about that game. You know what? That's a nice little segue into something else I want to talk about on PS3. Snap, go for it. And that is a terrible game. That was awesome. Oh. I've got two <laughs> terrible games on my list, and I don't I know how you'll feel about one of them, not about this one. Gran Turismo five. Now, hmm. Gran Turismo two on PlayStation, I believe it was, hmm. I spent many, many, many hours playing that. Loved hmm. it, loved customizing the cars. I do the endurance races that took, you know, four hours to complete. Right. Uh I'd sit there and just race. Gran Turismo 5, I gave it a shot. I got maybe three hours, which was very generous on my part, and I just couldn't <laughs> take it anymore. Let me let me, let me me run back in my memory. Was Gran Turismo 5, wasn't that one of the early, like, initial launch titles of the PS2? 5 is PS3. Oh, shit. Well, then maybe it was... Was it... Which there was a Gran Turismo that was coming out right around the time that PlayStation Two was announced. It was almost like a launch title. That probably would have been three. It must have been three or four. I'm gonna say three. Yeah, I remember seeing the tech demos of that shit and being like, "Oh man, these racing games are getting." Even back then, even back then on the PlayStation Two, I was like, "Man, these fucking racing games are getting so beautiful. It looks so real." And then you look at them today. Oh shit! Yeah, I it's mean- fucking crazy. And Gran Turismo 5 looks good. It's just not a mechanically sound game. Wow. Wow. That's, man, that's supposed to be up there. That's supposed to be up in the echelons of fucking racing titles, you know? Yeah. What What was it about the game that turned you off? Um, I've blocked most of it from my memory, so... Oh, God! Um, <laughs> what? I want to say it, that... You fucking run over babies in the streets or something? What the hell? I want to say that a lot of the customization was locked. Um, not available or whatever the selection of cars wasn't as good as I was expecting Mm -hmm. Um, I'd have to probably actually go back and boot it up to see exactly what was wrong the UI was terrible which is I mean how do you screw up a UI on a racing game for real Um, but yeah all around bad game regretted it do you just to qualify yourself if for any racing comments in the near future, do you consider yourself like a racing game guy? Do you like them? Do you enjoy them? To a certain extent. I'm not super into it, but right. I enjoy getting out there just doing a race, you know, chill. And it's one of my chill game things. Like I gotcha. said, I'll log into GTA 5, do a couple races, and that's just, you know, to chill. I don't stream it. That's 
one of the reasons I do it is because I'm not going to stream it. Um, yeah. Just to kick back and relax. I recently loaded up Forza um, on Xbox One because it was on the games with gold as well. That's where I get tons of my games. Right. Um, loaded it up. That game is a cutscene whatever. It's just basically a movie. <laughs> you have like six minutes of cutscenes in between every race, and they're not skippable. Jesus. Wow. And then it, the nail was going down into the coffin, and then you said non-skippable, and the hammer drove it in. Yeah. So I made it through, I think, four races on there, and I was like, I'm tired of these cutscenes. So Jesus. I stopped playing Forza. But yeah, Gran Turismo 5, PS3, all-around bad game. Gotcha. Um, before I get into the other bad game, I'll mention a good game. I have two good games okay. on my list for PS3 that I spent time on. All right. The Last of Us. Oh, I have that. I have the uh, I have the remastered edition for the PlayStation Four. Yeah, and it's it's one of those I I'm itching. I can't wait to get into it. Yeah, you won't regret it. It's a great game. Um, I hear not only is the gameplay great, the fucking story is great. It has a lot of those fucking wretching moments in it. I mm, oh, yeah. can't wait. It is a very emotional game. All right, so the other bad game, Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal for the PlayStation 3. Three. Yep. That, so that that's not black? That's... No, this title is literally only Twisted oh, Metal, I believe. I believe I have played that one time and went, eh. Let, let me just say, of all, let's see, I have actually played Twisted Metal 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. I have played Twisted Metal Black, and I want to say, how how did I do the Twisted Metal? I don't know if I played it or if maybe I watched somebody play it. it may have been like a Let's Play. I don't remember much about it. But of all the Twisted Metals in my entire life, I cannot get away from Twisted Metal 2. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, graphics alone... Black blows Twisted Metal 2 out of the water. Now, granted, they go for a more 3D scape. It goes away from the fucking polygon sprite bullshit. But even so, it's on a next-generation console, and it should have been awesome. And I would fucking drop Black in a heartbeat to go play Twisted Metal 2. And I've seen every ending like 20 times. I've shown people the endings to get them to play this game. And I still love it. I still get a kick out of all of them when I watch and play the game, you know? Yep, absolutely. And that's, you know, why I saw Twisted Metal and I think it was like 10 bucks. I was like, okay, I love Twisted Metal. Yeah. I played, I believe, 1, 2, and 3. Um, all endings, of course. Yeah. But, yeah, Twisted Metal is another one. I gave it about an hour, I think. It didn't even get that long. Um, and I was like, okay. I can't remember. Yeah. I'm trying to think. You don't have very many characters or something, and the endings just weren't there or something, or it was a generic ending that everybody got or something completely yeah. off about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was very it's, disappointed. It's so sad, you know. You. This is like a this is a dream game for people out there to engineer. You know, you can re, I could see canon wise reusing certain racers, but 
make a make the fucking game with like 15 to 20 brand new vehicle types i mean use your imagination and fucking make that happen bring the attitude and air of calypso from twisted metal 2 and have him fuck everybody over like fuck half the crew that's all you have to do just think of sarcastic fucking endings to people that want shit do the fucking typical devil thing and twist their wishes around and get a good laugh or, or have a fucking oh shit moment here or there. You got Twisted Metal. Yep. I mean, it's that fucking easy. And they kept... I mean, even from... I've got to say, man, even from three on, they really started going with the try hard. I mean, really trying hard. Especially with Black. Black had it all going for it with the soundtrack and the fucking uh, Painted Black song, the, the theme to it. And the much darker tone, but I could put, I want to put the Twisted Metal Black PlayStation 2 disc. I want to put like a fucking black wig over it with long fucking hair (laughs) and put a fucking, I want to put like a spike bracelet wrapped around it with a fucking razor blade duct taped to it with edge tattooed across it and a marker or something because that's what it was trying to do. It was trying. It was trying too hard to be dark, and I'm gotcha. like, you don't have to. Twisted Metal Two had dark stuff in it. Yes, it had fucking people dying in the game's intro. It had its dark aesthetics to it, but it knew when to inject humor to get you. It knew when to inject the hey man, play some fucking rock and roll music and run or drive around and blast shit to pieces. That's Twisted Metal. Doesn't all have to be fucking dark, edgy emo, you know? Uh, on my PS3 end, because I didn't touch on it that much either, I don't have a lot of games either. I think I've got closer to 10. The majority of that library for me is actually Ratchet and Clank games, because several came out for the PlayStation 3, yeah. and I think I have all of them, except for one maybe spinoff game. I've played through all of them. I. I can't complain about any Ratchet game I've ever played. They're almost all on equal, enjoyable terms for me. Uh, I've had God of War 3 for the longest, and it's so weird. I remember playing through God of War 1, and of course, this was way back in the day, and enjoying it. I remember playing God of War 2 and being like, oh, fuck yeah, they just took that game and made it better. And I remember the ending to God of War 2, spoiler warning for God of War 2 for the fucking PlayStation 2 from 7,000 years ago. Uh, I remember the ending to God of War 2 being a cliffhanger and being like, oh man, that fucking sucks. Well, I can't wait to play God of War 3. And of course, God of War 3 came out on the PlayStation 3 and it was a long time in my life where I got a PS3, so I kind of pushed that to my, pushed that to the side. And I've never had the inclination to go back and play that. Hmm. I feel like I should. It's on my shelf. I need to play it. I need to finish out that original game, especially with, with the new one coming out. Yeah, the new one but looks pretty good. God, that game looks so good. And I have a spot in my heart, this is a personal life thing, of movies and games that revolve around like a father and son aspect. I don't know why. It's just a thing with me. And this boy having either his father being or a father figure being fucking Kratos and Kratos being like, Hey, it's time for you to be a man. Uh, 
go fucking hunt your food, boy. I was like, what should I do? I don't fucking know. Pick a bow up and go handle your business. I, I That fucking got me. The story of that alone got me. That's before I got to, you know, the usual God of War shit of him taking down a behemoth giant fucking monster thing, you know? Yeah, I wonder if it's going to be able to... Cause the, so the previews did the emotional thing really, really good. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the game is going to be able to maintain that, or if it's going to be interspersed, you know, okay, here's a cutscene, but then you don't care for, you know, the next hour of gameplay. Or if yeah. it'll stick with you like The Last of Us does, it's really good at maintaining that emotion throughout the entire thing. Yeah. If, I, 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 if you're going to show something like that, because uh, that 10, 15-minute trailer got me, and Sadly, because I didn't, of course, I didn't have the fucking game in my hand to physically play it. What got me was that dynamic between those two, that father and son appeal. Well, I hope that that's not like, uh, well, you know, once you, once we got across the river and got to this town, you know, he, the boy fucking went on his way and Kratos was a badass for three missions and he came back, you know? Yeah. Uh, Here, go stay with your mom again. You know, I got this yeah, to exactly. take care of. That'd, that'd be kind of a, oh, you, you sold me a, sell, a bill of goods here, which is this fucking kid, and then I dropped the kid off. So I'm hoping that, and this is another, this goes to talk more about this game just from a fucking preview. You're basically doing a glorified escort mission, Chris. That's all this yeah. is. You, you either, you, you're fucking Kratos, the once god of war with, until I see any powers, I don't know any better, with a fucking kid. So if you're playing a 30, 40-something hour game with this kid, you got fucking Medusas and Minotaurs and fucking legions of, of fucking soldiers with weapons and magic and all this shit, and there's a fucking kid at your side that you are telling, good luck, well, you're escorting this kid. So... If they're making the entire game like this, you're actually saying to yourself, hey, man, there's going to be an escort game coming up. I can't wait to play it. <laughs> what fucking age? Did I, am I fucking drunk? Am I happy to be playing an escort game now? You know, when you put it like that, it actually made me think, and I haven't played it, but I saw it played uh, Bioshock Infinite oh, with man. the uh, girl. Uh-huh. I wonder if it's going to be similar to that. You know, in that uh, oh, no, aspect. Bioshock, I mean, it was fucking garbage. So. <laughs> we should do it. We should do a in a time podcast statement on that one. I haven't played it, so. All you uh, on that one. Yeah, I guess I could swing the bat on that one. Uh, I played Bioshock 1. Okay, let me. <sighs> I played Bioshock 1. I played that game it all the way through at least twice. I don't know if it was because the particular friends I had around me. I don't know if it just got hype around me. That game was okay. Bioshock 1, which I played for the Xbox 360 back in the day, was okay. Okay, If I had a choice to play another shooter, I probably would have played it. Uh, it was damn sure not a fucking Battlefield 3. And I know that's, that's, we're talking two different game styles. I get that. 
get that. Battle Battlefield is a fucking run gun, get in a tank, shoot, fly, bam, bam, wham, die, move on. Bioshock was more of a creepy atmosphere, slight puzzle, slight magic with your fuck the shit you injected in your I, I get it. But as far as the game itself, as if I was to take it as a shooter and give it a fucking shit it out your ass grade, I gave it like a fucking six and a half or seven. It was not the greatest thing since life spread to me. Not even the story. I get that there were context clues. I get that it, the way that it told the story through the fucking the Vox boxes or whatever the fuck they were. I got it. I got what they were going for. Um, I guess steampunk style things just they're not i mean again that's an okay theme but it's not something that just fucking gets my jocks off um game was okay no problem with it uh it wasn't the greatest thing since sliced bread but i had a good time playing through it yeah. the story was okay didn't fucking blow my mind never played bioshock 2 i have no i can't say anything good or bad about it Bioshock Infinite came around, and I, I had that shit in my peripheral. It was, it was almost the equivalent of like Fallout 4 for me. Everybody around me would not shut the fuck up about this new Bioshock game coming out. And I saw a trailer for it, and I saw the, I'm, I'm talking about the old trailer, mind you, the one where it shows him like on a fucking grind rail of sorts, and he's fucking zipping around and shooting stuff, and I was like, I don't know, I don't see anything here that really adds to what I got out of Bioshock. And since Bioshock 1 was kind of a whatever for me, I don't know, whatever. Well, the hype spun around me, and I ended up buying that game for the 360. and bought it, played it. I made it probably, I want to say maybe five or six hours into the game. It just didn't do anything for me. Now, again... I got what the story was going for. I got the jab you in the gut moments that it was going for. I got the topics, the hot fucking button topics it was trying to talk about. But the game itself did not get me. Not only that, but I didn't didn't do any of the fucking grinding the rails shit that I saw from the trailer. So that was out of the question. The only thing that I took away from Bioshock Infinite... This is so fucking sick. This tells about how a fucking shut-in, doesn't-have-culture nerd I am. The only thing that I took away from Bioshock Infinite was the uh, re- the, the remake version of God Only Knows. The one that's played on the little... There's like a... These fucking robots come up. No, not robots. These guys come up. They seem like an acapella version of God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. Love that song. Have it on my MP3 player. Listen to it often. That's all I remember about that game. Nice. Um, I don't know, man. I wish I wish I could tell you. I the, the gameplay aspects were cool. I got what they were going for, but nothing. This is this is what it's like when you're in, when you're an individual in the world, Chris. Like not everybody just because the game is a ten out of ten doesn't mean it has to be a ten out of ten for you. Absolutely. You know? Um, I'm sure. There would be, or if we had like seven thousand fans, our comments would be lit up at the bottom, and my fucking balls would be cut off because of our oh, fucking game was great. It's a masterpiece. It just wasn't for me. Not only was it not a masterpiece, it didn't even it didn't even catch me enough to make me want to keep playing the game. So it's my hot take. It's my hot take. No, I mean I. 
I have no desire to play it after watching what I did. I didn't watch the entire game, um, so yeah. I don't know anything about like the ending or whatever. But I watched uh, several hours of it played, and I was just like, okay, it's sort of interesting, but I'm not going to spend the money on this. It seems like the mass appeal that I get from a lot of a lot of my friends and a lot of what I read and gather from it being an outside mosquito like looking in is that it's a they're they're definitely especially the first Bioshock and Infinite they're thinking man games like they're supposed to have a lot of moments to make you rub your chin and go oh yeah that's you know I never thought of that yeah that's a you know racism right yeah that's a good way to handle that topic or <laughs> You know, fucking time travel. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, think, think. Uh, just whatever. I i don't know. I, I, I would be pressed to think for other thinking man games right now, but that one, it just didn't, it didn't get it, didn't get it for me. Yeah. So, so um, another good game for PS3 I played, Tomb Raider. Tell me about it. Uh, it's fun. <laughs> so it it was interesting. So I played, you know, the slap old that sticker ones. on the back of your fucking box, guys. Chris from End of Time Cast. Uh, it's fun. End quote. <laughs> yeah. So I I did enjoy it a lot. The story was pretty good. Um, mm. mechanically it was good. It had the crafting system, so you could craft your weapons and ammo and everything, and added another aspect to it. On top of just, okay, go explore this little dungeon or tomb, you know, whatever she happens to be raiding at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't just that. There was actually a, you know, well-thought-out plot, uh, made sense, made sense with the character. Uh, you know, having to scavenge, scavenge around. Um, I even enjoyed the, mul- the uh, not multiplayer, but the, uh, what is it? I'm trying to think of what they called them. They're basically side quests you could do completely unrelated to the story. So it just mm-hmm. dropped you in and you had these cards you could play to either start with more stuff, start with less stuff, or have some handicap or benefit throughout the entire round of whatever you're playing. And you got right. a score at the end of it. And, you know, of course, if you started with better stuff, you got a penalty to your score, etc. So that was actually mm-hmm. an interesting thing and fun. And it was nice that it was completely separate from the story. You may have areas or zones that are similar, or they're you know based in the same area, but it wasn't reliant on the plot too much. As long right. as you'd been to that area, you're like, oh yeah, this is where this happened. Okay, you don't really care anything about that. Um, right. You could also go back and do the same thing with the levels of the story. Oh snap! So it was you know a I don't know if there was a time trial or just the challenge mode, whatever they called it. Um, so that's interesting to do. There's, you know, a, you get, I think it was three challenges each time you play through. And I, you actually got to pick them from whatever pool they gave you. And mm-hmm. one of them that gave you the most points. And what you had to do to actually get a gold star on it was to play through the level without getting hit. Awesome. So that was very difficult to do without also sacrificing your score by getting a good card to use. See, this sounds like it harkens back to something that I loved about uh, GoldenEye for the 64 and uh, Perfect Dark as well, where like, okay, if you wanted to beat the game on this difficulty, here are the three things you need to do. 
All right, if you want to beat on the next difficulty, here's two more things you got to do in addition to the other three. If you want to beat it on 007, you got to do all this shit and you got a time limit. I like that. I love games that have that, you know, where it has multiple, it's not just we're going to increase the difficulty. It's we're adding more shit for you to do. Yeah. And they even, you know, included the silly ones that didn't have anything to do with points. Like, make everybody have the big heads, you know, like the old yeah. school codes and stuff from, uh, I'm trying to think of what it was that had them. I mean, lots of games have them, but there's one particular I was trying to think of, can't think of right now. But yeah, yeah. so it was all around fun to play. Uh, I don't think I ran into any glitches. Mm-hmm. I don't think I had any problems with the game as a whole when I played through yeah. it. So it's, you know, personally, I rate it high as a game. Yeah. Uh, I have, uh, I could look on my desktop right now if I felt like switching the screens, but I'm too fat and lazy. I'm not going to. I have one of the Tomb Raiders. Um, it might just be the self-titled one for the PC. Uh, it, I think it came free, not when I bought my GTX 970, but the f- card I had before this. You know, you fucking buy a video card these days, and eight times out of ten, they're going to give you a game with it. Yeah. Um, I was actually looking, as you saw on my Christmas list, I've got that fucking 1080 sitting up there and it, I could not find a 1080 Ti that you did not get fucking, uh, uh, the new war game, uh, Shadows of Mordor or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like every fucking card. I'm like, I, can you just shave off that 60 bucks and give me this card for 60 bucks cheaper? You know, I'd I'd rather spend a thousand dollars instead of a thousand sixty. Yeah, at least you <laughs> get a, it, at least you get a somewhat good game. I remember one of mine. It still has the card in the case because I didn't care. It was like a was some old basketball game. Uh-huh. I was like, really, all the things you're going to give me with this nice video card <laughs> is a basketball game that's not even going to use the graphics. Yeah. But I have one of those Tomb Raiders, and I think I've made it through about 10 or 12 hours. And I, uh, I, Same thing for you. I enjoyed it, had a good time. I have not finished it, only because I think it suffered from one of those I got wrapped up with another game syndrome. Yeah. You know? Uh, there's many reasons why I quit games in life. You know, not interested, but, but sometimes it revolves around to, man, another game came in, and I just I fucking moved on. And I will go back to that Tomb Raider game because I like it. It, it has... It's, I can't be the guy that coined this phrase, but it's got, it's, it's, it's a set piece game. And I like set piece games. I like where you walk into this room and you're looking around and you're like, okay, I need to get up there. How do I get up there? Well, obviously I should go pull that bar and you pull that bar and a fucking trap swings out of the way and you got a butt. But like, I like shit like that. That's fun. Especially when they have it in a very respectful, uh, like button mash or cinematic cinematic point of view you know yeah now if i walk into a room and i see like 16 different things to interact with and i go okay well okay using my brain if i pull that lever that's going to drop that log that log will push over here i can then push the log over and tie the rope around it i can use that swinging log to do this and i'm doing all this in my head and i go okay here we go and i walk over the thing and i press the button and then five minutes later the entire movie has done everything for me (laughs) that's when it's a bit much that's when I don't yeah. fucking care. But Tomb Raider and, uh, I mean, it harkens to, like, Uncharted. It has that same aspect where they, it's set pieces. They don't completely take it out of your hands. 
they take it out of your hands enough to add that Hollywood movie style effect to it. I like that. Yeah. I like it a lot when they uh, don't actually, abuse it. That was actually what came to mind when you start talking about the puzzles and whatnot. Because I remember the latest Uncharted thing with the two girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard it was very good and it was really good about the puzzles and whatnot as well. Yeah, I've got the Uncharted, uh, it's like the HD collection, I guess. And I've got it for the PlayStation 4, and it's it's another one that got swept up because another game caught my eye first, and yeah. I, I, I'm going to go through that one all the way. All, I hear all those games are good, and from the minimal, like, three or four hours I played of it, it's 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 good. Yep, I, like, I like games like that. That's on my Amazon list for PS4 once I get one is that collection, because yep. I didn't want to play the new one without playing the old ones, and then they came out with that, and I was like, all right, that's great. Yeah. I like the story. I like the voice acting. I like the action. I like the way they handle it. It's got, it's got just the right amount of, you know, they take the control out of your hands and make this cool shit happen, and they put it right back in your hands, you know? Yeah. I'm still a gamer at heart. I still want to do the cool shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um... So yeah, I've got I've got a few PS3 games anyway. But any other corrections before we move on to so I, I have week? I have one more PS3 game, and I'm hoping you've played this one because I'd really like to hear your opinion. Okay, is Nino Kuni? Oh man, my heart. Okay, so I for this this is touching on another YouTube channel that I have I've, I've got to find out what's up with them recently. But if you've ever heard of Clan of the Gray Wolf. If not, they had a podcast for a while as well, and they they never shut up about that game. Nino Kuni is such a good RPG. It's it's number one. It's it's that old Studio Ghibli style, and it's a great. It's supposed to be just a great RPG in yep. general. Uh, I it's 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 on my to buy list. Um, I think I tried to look that up. Can you get that game on Steam? I don't think you can. I don't think you can. I have no, it on I PS3. Think it's, yeah. I think it's strictly a PS3, and I think they might have done a P, uh, Nintendo DS port, but I know I know it's on PS3. It is on my to-buy list because okay. I, d- I fucking love RPGs, and I hear nothing but good things about that game. Nothing but good things. So I haven't yet, but I okay. want to. Yeah, I, I saved this for last, and I put a question mark next to it because okay. I'm not enjoying it. Woo, man, I, I heard it touted as this great RPG. You know, like you said, the style of it's great, according to people. But I just, mm. I can't get into it. You're I don't know what it old, is. You're too old, Chris. That's your problem, man. You gotta... <laughs> and what's that say about you? Um, oh, 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 shots fired. Yeah, but I don't know what it is. I don't know if it was a little too childish for me. But I mean, I play Pokemon and I don't have an issue. So there's something about this be. game that just doesn't click. It might be. Okay, so oh, we're, we're about to jump off a deep end here. Um, there is a... I heard that there is a Steam RPG, I think, and, and it, was, it was told to me as if you like Chrono Trigger, you need to play this game. It was a 2016, 2015 game... Oh shit! I don't know if this is ringing a bell for you. It's an RPG. Um, it's got a lot of music overtones to it. 
uh, set in a snowy type area. Shit, it's blowing my mind. It'll be in a what? It'll be in a well actually down the road. All right. Um. Anyway, that that was how it would. That was the attention grabber to me. Was like if specifically, and they they may have been looping Chrono Trigger in with other ones. It may have been like if you like Final Fantasy VI or Chrono Trigger or Four or Dragon Quest, you'll. They might have been trying to just sell it as an old school RPG, but I had it on my wish list for a while. And I watched a couple trailers. The trailers were okay, which I mean, a trailer doesn't, an RPG trailer isn't going to always tell you everything. Yeah. There's that. And I started reading reviews of people that were from different forums and et cetera that play the game. And it was like, uh, yeah, this game is not what it was cracked up to be. I don't know if it was an advertisement thing or what, but this game is very mediocre in the RPG era. And it should not be like, you can look some, if you want to play Chrono Trigger, go play Chrono Trigger. You know, you're not going to get that here. Okay. Um, so it might have been that thing with you. You know, it might have been just blown to fucking hell and back. And then you went and played it and you're just like, eh. I've had this happen several times for me in my life, especially with RPGs. Now look, look man, I'm about to cut deep, but that's okay. That's okay, we're family, you can take it. I I played Lunar back in the day. I believe I, believe I borrowed Lunar Silver Star Story Complete either from you or for, from somebody. I had that game. Um, I may have even bought it, I'm not sure. I'm a hundred percent sure that I beat that game all the way through. I couldn't tell you a goddamn thing about it. Don't remember it. But that's okay. I'm an old guy. My memory's shit anyway. So I'll just play it again in the future. No big deal. Apparently this game is fucking up there. It's in the echelon. Adam beat me over the head with that game every other weekend we were together. Man, Lunar is a good game, and Lunar 2 is even better, and blah, 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 blah. So I picked up Lunar, same game, Silver Star Story Complete. Well, that depends. Is it Silver Star Story Complete for PlayStation, or just Silver Star Story for Sega CD? Silver Star Story Complete for the PlayStation. Because every version they did at their Sega CD, they changed. Uh, And not in a positive ways. Well... Hear me out, because this is just one offender for me. Yeah. So I do remember, back in the day, playing through the entirety of Silver Star Story Complete, finishing that game. Not sure if I blew its asshole out, but I knew I beat it. That's all that matters. I didn't remember anything about it. I picked that game again up for the PlayStation 1, started playing through it again. I made it maybe two or three hours, dropped it. Not a hateful drop, just a... Push the controller aside. I just can't get into it. One, didn't like the voice acting. Two, you almost took the fucking words out of my mouth when you said that about that game. Is that I don't know if it felt childish, but it seemed like it was too childish for me. Now, 15, 16, 17-year-old me might have had a different opinion about it. Even that, even that young of me might have been like, this is still kind of, kind of kiddie-ish. But the story, the game itself as a whole felt like it would have been better suited for a young teenager's perspective, especially if it was like their first RPG, you know? Yeah. But when you come from shit like Final Fantasy VI and then the fucking overarchs of twelve, and even shit like just that just gouges you in your heart like Lost Odyssey 
or there's so many other RPGs that deal with these huge fucking uh, uh, Xenogears. Xenogears as fucking spider web crisscrossy as that is. Yeah. When I was working my way through the story of Lunar, I, f- in a not rude way, I just kept feeling like I don't really care. I don't really care. Uh, yeah, I can even, see that. I can see this that. Was, this was around about last year, so this is fairly recent. However, hyper-recent. I'm talking within the last week or so, and I, I, I mean, I could just talk to, I could talk about this when we talk about our weeks, but I mentioned last episode that I'm, I, I'm in this tornado where I'm playing random games. I'm playing these two hacks for these two games. I'm also just starting Grandia for the PlayStation 1. I stopped playing it. I could not get into it. It felt, again, it's, I've got to find a fucking word or a phrase for this, but for lack of a better, it felt too childish. How about this? Do you think it was too simple? Yes, that could be what it was, and that could be part of the problem for Lunar for me. Now, look, I I understand that we as gamers are intelligent enough that we can make these games more difficult for ourselves. I get that. Mm-hmm. But when I'm blowing through stuff, and I don't even have to grind. That's that's a, that's a completely different story. You're losing you're losing me there. You know, but also just the the voice acting in general. I, you know, something that Grandio One shares with the other is it has this over bubbly atmosphere to it. The characters are all bubbly; they're all smiling. And then when the bad guy comes in, he's not even that menacing. I don't know, man. <laughs> There are many different straws I could grasp, but at the end of the day, I gave, there's no, if there's a fucking limit to what me and you need to play for a game to give it a fair shot, I'd like somebody to tell me, but I feel like I gave Lunar and Grandia both a few hours, a good shot, and I just, you know, like I said, I just gingerly pushed the plate to the side and said, no thanks, not, I just didn't agree with the sauce, it's just not my thing, I'm sorry. Yeah, if I look I'm back, sure, sure they're great, but eh. if I look back at Lunar objectively, get past the nostalgia, just think about it mechanically, it was a fairly simple and straightforward game. Yeah. Um, now you mentioned grinding, and I think you're talking about in the aspect of uh, Grandia, but Lunar. I remember when I played on Sega CD originally, there were certain points where I had to grind to unlock spells, to be able to complete certain areas. But when I went back recently and played it on emulator, this is within the last year, I didn't have to grind at all. Yeah. So I don't know what was different. I don't know if I was just being smarter about battles and, you know, I had to run away in the past or whatever when I was younger. But I didn't have any problem. Yeah. You You grow as gamers. Like, I'm sure if... have, Have you ever played Lost Odyssey for the Xbox 360? No. I right, bought well, it. <laughs> I bought it, brought it home, popped it in because I could not wait to play it. Because I heard you talk about it, I heard others talk about it. I was like, "This is a great game." It's it was a used copy, so I knew I was you know risking it a little bit, but I hadn't opened yeah. it. And you know, six months roll around, I'm like, "All right, I need to finally play this." I don't know why I didn't, but I was like, "All right, time to sit down and play it because this is going to be amazing." Put it in. First disc is scratched. Can't even get past the title screen. Oh God! But oh God! 
it, it was on Games with Gold, so I have the uh, backwards compatible version of on my one. It's actually installed right now, I believe. So I can cool. go through and play it once I get past Assassin's Creed and a couple other games. Yeah. The just just some quick blurbs about that. What what's good about Lost Odyssey is and this is this is saying something if I'm getting into it because uh, again, I'm a lazy gamer. I like to play a game from start to finish, get my 10, 15, 20, 40, 70 hours if need be. And and maybe this is a detriment. This is taking away from Dark Souls. So let's take Dark Souls, pick it up and put it to the side when I'm making this statement, but I I love a game to take me through the story is if my ass is sitting in front of a theater and watching it and you're feeding it to me. If I have to think myself and make thing make the connections, that's fine. I get that. But if I'm playing the game from start to finish and I end the game and go, I don't fucking understand what... Why was I even in that place? Why did that guy try... Why was he trying to kill me? Why was that sorcerer doing that thing with her magic and shit? I don't, and, oh, well, if you go back and you read the books from the sorcerer's fucking diary, she tells you her, her jaded past. I like, fuck you in your face. I don't... No, I don't, even if it's in the game, if you're making me do something else to get the majority of a fucking plot, suck it. I ain't got time for that. Yeah. Having said that, one of the greatest things of Lost Odyssey is, and it's even in text form, that's how bad this is, and yet how good I'm going to talk about it, is the idea is there are immortals in that game. There are, I want to think, five or six immortals, and they have lived thousands of years. And they have, one of them, the main character, has a journal throughout almost his entire fucking life. And it's just, it, it's random fucking stories you can pick up throughout his life. Like, year 523, I met the fourth love of my life. Here's 30 paragraphs about how she died. You know, year 649, this was the second uh, continental world battle I ever took place in. Here is a story about me and the commander and our relationship together and how we overcame this huge battle thing, you know. Uh, the narrative, the extra content you get in that game around that main character, great. You You'll eat up every bit of it. The reason why I bring this game up in particular is, and I, this shouldn't be spoiling it, because I think if you know anything about Lost Odyssey, you've heard about this, but the very first boss battle of Lost Odyssey kicks your fucking nuts up into your teeth. It is designed to be utterly fucking difficult. Difficult to the degree of when you go into that battle and you get your fucking teeth kicked in and you step back and go, whoa, way out of my league way the fuck out of my league. I need to do what RPG guys do and go back and grind. You can't do that because the game doesn't have that shit. So you have to battle all your way up to that first boss. And then using what you have, you better hope for a good bit of luck, but you also better use what the fuck you have to your best benefit. You better be a skilled enough player in that game to, to do that shit correct. And I think the second boss is that way, too. I think after that, you start getting more powerful and you can kind of manage it a little bit easier. But um, 
that that's that's kind of what I mean when I say I wonder what it would be like if we go back and play these games where oh man I had to fucking like a good large example what would it be like today if me and you went back through our respective copies of Final Fantasy 7 and then went and fought Emerald Weapon you know just today it'd be vastly different for us now because we know what the fuck to grind for you know we would know where to go what to do uh I think the first time you run through games, it's it's a different story when you try to go the second or third time, especially within a year or two. But I think when you go way into the future, when you're like a decade older as a gamer, some things probably become a lot easier. You've had a lot more thrown at you. You've had a lot more obstacles to run through. And not, not only just your experience, your perspective might change. You might want to... You might not even want to use a, a sword this time. You might want to be a fucking magician just to try it out. See what the fuck that's like. Yeah. So, I wonder what some of these old games are like. It's that's the, it's, it's it adds a very interesting and look in the mirror aspect to older games when you go back. It is part. Yes, I remember playing this game. Yes, I remember having fun with this game. But it's also. What do I, what am I like now? Like, let me just pick up Super Mario Brothers one for the fucking Nintendo. Since I've gotten 120 stars in Mario 64, since I've got all the shines in Mario Sunshine, since I've 100% complete Galaxy one and Galaxy two. Okay, you think you're fucking geek so big? Why don't you go through Mario Brothers one for the Nintendo? Just blow through it, <laughs> and then you die on level three. You're like, oh yeah. <laughs> I like I like I like going back in games like that. I like seeing how I've grown as a game. And in RPGs, is, man, it depends. It really depends on the game. Uh, I know Adam and I have had arguments about games at scale. I per- I personally like games at scale. It's one of the reasons why I love Dark Souls because again, you beat Dark Souls, you go to New Game Plus, you cannot just fucking stroll through an area. You still get your shit pushed in. And I like games that do that. I like when you go to a new area and they go, oh, okay, so before you came here to level five, you went around and grinded for like 20 hours. You're 15 levels ahead of what you should be. Yeah, that's not going to work because when you level, I level. So now I'm a badass too. I I like that. I like keeping that difficulty, you know, keeping the challenge there. I get that. But, you know, that's actually one of my gripes in Destiny is that you cannot truly over-level. Yeah. So if I go back to the starting area against the level one enemies, if I stand there, they will kill me fairly quick. It's not like, you know, in an MMO where you go out to level one zone and they're going to miss you every hit. They'll never kill you, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. They're going to take maybe twice as many shots, but they're going to kill you. And you doing damage to them, you're only going to do like one more shot's worth of damage overall. So instead of taking four hits to kill, it takes three hits or something like that. And that's only on certain enemies. Um, the enemies in the game, the Shanks, they take, with normal scout rifles, two shots to kill throughout the entire yeah. game. Um, yeah. Unless they're harder and they take more. But they will never take less than that two, excluding weapons like they have Firefly where there's an explosion that accompanies it because that's technically the second source of damage. But it'll always take that amount of damage to kill, and you won't be able to do that damage in one shot by itself. Wow. So that's kind of a 
issue I have with the game. Some others have with it. I mean, I love the game, but, you know, it's just one of those things. I think, and I don't know where I, I'm going to have to say it probably came around with the Dark Souls for me, but I fucking hated that get good mentality. But now that I have beast-moded Dark Souls and can do it to this day, I kind of buy into it. I like a game that I can't just fucking, I can't roll into, you know? Uh, I always make this example because it's such a good RPG for everybody to put their two cents on. The first time that I beat Sephiroth, oh god, a spoiler warning for, spoiler warning for Final Fantasy VII? <laughs> Question mark? The big fucking silver hair dude that everybody knows from the promotional materials, he's gonna be the bad guy and you're gonna fight him, so spoilers? I guess? What? Um, so, and again, mind you, this is fucking what? 19, 18, 20 something years ago? So I went through Final Fantasy VII. Um, and this is kind of the way I am to this day. I usually will try to go through the main story and then I'll go back to the content. I don't know. I don't always do that either. Sometimes I'll just stop before the last boss and then go do all the extra content. Yeah. Um, give or take. I don't know. Anyway, so I get to Final Fantasy VII, all four discs. I get to the end crater and bef- this, you can tell the save before you're about to go fight Sephiroth. I knew this was going to be the last battle, so I backtracked all the way through the crater, or wherever the fuck you are, I got in the high wind, I left that place, and I was like, alright, let me go see all this extra content. I I had done some of it, but not all of them. I knew about Ruby Weapon, I knew about Emerald Weapon, uh, I knew about the side quest and the shit for the ultimate weapons, or the all that, I knew, I knew all that shit, so I think I had borrowed a player's guide, or had a guide, or something, I don't know. So, I went, actually, let me correct this statement. This is a well actually on myself. I fought Sephiroth and I died. And I said, okay, not only do I want to go back and level, but since I'm going to go back and level it anyway, I might as well go do some extra content. So I left the crater, I went to go do extra content. I did a few little side quests here and there, and then I went to go fight Ruby Weapon. Ruby Weapon kicked my fucking teeth in. So I went and did some other content and ground my fucking ass off, got more material, got all the little combos I needed. I went back and I beat Ruby Weapon. Then I went to go fight Emerald Weapon, and I fucking got my shit kicked in again through him, went up and leveled a little more, got some more material, got some more shit, went back and fucking bitch-stomped Emerald Weapon, did all this other content, got all these little weapons, got all... Dude, we're talking fucking Master Materials and all this shit. I mean, I'm fuck, I'm a god. I get into that crater... I walk my happy ass through that crater, slapping everything in the fucking face on the way. I get to Sephiroth, I bitch slap his ass, I bitch slap the other version of him, and then I do the fucking end game and I win. That is not the only RPG that does that, but to me, that's what upsets me. That's why I like games that scale. Because if I'm going to go out of my way to do extra content, I mean, Final Fantasy has a lot of examples like this. There's fucking, there's what? There's Ozma from Final Fantasy IX. There's, oh god, Yasmat from Final Fantasy twelve, which that's a fucking three-hour boss fight at a minimum. If I'm going to go out of my way to do all this extra content, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing the fucking montage of, of battle after battle and grind after grind and all this shit, and I'm taking these 
extra, Chris, that's the word, the extra bosses, the extra content. I beat those guys by the skin of my teeth, but I go to the end game and I just blink and the boss is dead. It takes it away from me. You know, it, it takes the fun out of that from me. So the scaling for me is more like keeping it in check. You know, I like I like that aspect of keeping a decent amount of challenge in check where the game sees that you're higher than what it is, but it has more magic open. I mean, it's you might see a whole different fight. I think that's a good idea for for an engineer of a game to be like, you know, hey, if if you can beat this boss at level 50, but if you come here at level 70, not only is he going to be more powerful, he's going to have these seven new magic spells unlocked that he wouldn't even use back there at that level. Yeah. So the fight's going to be different. You come at level 80, he's going to have these two other healing spells that he didn't have if you didn't come at this level. And it just adds another dynamic to the fight. So. Yeah, to make another comparison to Destiny, that's like the uh, hard mode raid and hard mode uh, nightfall and stuff. I think with the nightfall is mainly health. You just increase health. You know, that's not really changing anything that's just more you know damage you have to do which isn't necessarily hard but in the raid they actually added new mechanics that you didn't do at mm-hmm. all or they modified them in some way to where you actually had to try harder and have more skill at what you were doing not necessarily you know be higher level of course that helped with the damage side of it and you kind of needed that to make it because maybe you had less time to do it in or, you know, you need everybody alive. Because typically in hard mode in Destiny, someone dies, you're done. Right. Um, but they would actually add mechanics for the difficulty. And that was interesting and a good way to do it because it's like, all right, you're going to add more health to the boss, great. I'll just shoot him a few more times and we'll move on our way. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, well, I think that wraps up our, uh, well, actually, I think, it, this is a long well actually this week it's a new session for one yeah. and second you know we there's a lot when you if you sit down and ask me and chris to tell you about our gaming history if you're a you know a, a genuine good old gamer if I, I would think i'd be i don't think i'd be wrong in saying this chris but i think me and you both could easily say man three hours ain't enough i mean that's not even that's not enough time yeah, I mean, and we have multiple consoles and multiple games and multiple genres and multiple stories within that game. There are personal life stories that are involved in these games. Like, I walked away from that episode just like I did the first time, and I was like, "Man, there's so much I forgot. There's so much yeah. I left out, and those are important. You guys need to know that we love games." <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's you know, part of it was because I just wasn't prepared the other day, but then it was just how much have I forgotten about what I've played? Because I've played so much stuff, and I don't know why it is, but I don't often retain things about games. 12 is an extreme example, but there are others, you know, like we're talking about GTA V. I know I enjoyed it. I remember a lot of the game. I can't remember that ending that you were talking about. I sort of maybe vaguely do, but it just didn't stick with me. And there there are too many times where I can tell somebody... You know, and like I've said it in this episode already. Like, look, I played through this game. I beat that game. I couldn't tell you a damn thing about it. Now, that could be many factors. Okay, the game itself could have been meh. The ending could have been meh. 
I could have had, I could have played that game. That game was like a six out of ten, and I could have played a fucking eleven out of ten for the next three months that eradicated every other game before yep. it. I just don't even remember playing it, you know. But I definitely remember all these fond memories about Final Fantasy VI. You know, I could talk for hours on that. Now the three games I played before that, because they were just okay, I I wish I could tell you, but I can't. You know. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's, I think it's for me and you both, man. We've, I think at the end of the day, all I really wanted to get out of the episode, out of me and you both, is just, if, if, we have a podcast, this is nothing but our voice talking to you, and at a minimum, we both wanted our audience to know at some level, what kind of gamers are you? You know, what, what am I going to get out of you? Now, I've said this statement before that I have come, I'm at that age where I try to respect all gamers, period. You know, if you've got that guy, he's a co-worker, and all he talks about is Madden. He literally owns a PlayStation 2, 3, 4, just for Madden. Can't knock him. Can't knock him. Now, is he a genuine gamer? Well, even asking that question kind of makes you seem kind of shitty, you know? Yeah. Like, what does it matter? He plays games. It, it, at a minimum, three hours of every day of his life is him sitting in front of that game and playing Madden. I mean, multiplayer or not, it doesn't matter. He plays that game. So is he a, is he a genuine gamer? Doesn't fucking matter. What, what I want is for people to hear us and go, okay, they, they don't know everything, but they've got their fucking fingers in this pie. They, they, they can hold a conversation about games. You know, I've made this, I've made this observation before, and I'll, I'll talk about this in my, my upcoming, this is what I did this week, but, uh, I was talking with somebody at one point, and I said, they were talking about different games, and it's a, t it's a typical type of situation where you have four or five random fucking people that don't know each other, and you bring up video games, and Chris, I know you've been in something like this, where one guy goes, oh yeah, yeah, I had a Nintendo. And another guy goes, oh, yeah, yeah, like I had a Sega, I had Sonic, right? Sonic, yeah, that's a good game, right? You know, the jumping and the rings, yeah. And I'm the guy who goes, yeah, like Mega Man. Mega Man's my favorite franchise. It's kind of weird to say, but like Mega Man 4 is my favorite game of all time. And one of the guys looked at me and said, that guy gets it. And one of the other guys was like, what do you mean? He's like, when you hear somebody say a specific game or a specific not so well-known but sort of known game, you listen. And I made the argument. I was like, yeah, I agree. It's kind of like when you're in a situation where somebody's like, yeah, I had a Nintendo. And some guy's like, yeah, I had a fucking Sega Genesis. And one guy's like, man, I fucking love Front Mission 3 for the PlayStation 1. Man, I was always stuck on like Mission 2. It was fucking weird. That one mech always got me. I start listening to that guy. I start paying real close attention to the guy that talked about Front Mission 3. I'm like, tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. I don't judge the guy that just blurbs that he had a Nintendo and that's all he knows. I don't judge the guy that just had a Sega and all he knows is Sonic. And he, ha, ah, chugs a beer of Sonic, right? It's more like I carry on a different conversation, you know? My conversation with those two is probably going to be about two minutes. My conversation with the PlayStation guy, who knows? Might have a fucking podcast with the guy, you know? <laughs> But that was my takeaway from that episode. And for anybody else, that was just a, as brief and all-encompassing as we could possibly make it to where this is where we've been in our life as gamers. So hopefully you can have some entertainment listening to us. 
Um, I think you also took away that uh, Chris's opinions are fucking wrong, and he's a horrible human being. Uh, this is this is your Chris takeaway. He hates Nino Cooney. He hates Dark Souls and thinks all Dark Souls players are plebs. And uh, I think I heard him say abortion is is great. I think I heard that too. Wow. So. All right, well, that's not. You know, okay, joke about the Dark Souls. That's fine. I don't care. Let's not uh let's not take it that far. <laughs> so, Chris, tell me about your week this past week. What you been into? So, Assassin's Creed came out. Oh, that new game. So tell I'm, me all about it. I'm going to open up open this up with two things. First, according to Ubisoft's club app, I have 21 hours in the game. Okay. I'm level 27 out of 40, mm-hmm. and I have 49% of the game complete. Wow. Wow. Really? So, and I'm not sure if the percentage is for collectibles and everything, which aren't really collectibles, but side missions and everything, or if it is purely story side. Now, let, before you continue, because this, this has already got my gears working, how... How fucking balls forward are you going with this game? Are you just breakneck speed going from one side mission to the other and trying to speed run through these things and collecting these things? Or are you just having a good fucking time? I would say not quite speeding through, but I'm at the higher end of the spectrum. Maybe depending on what I'm doing. Because and you're if already I'm, 50% something through the game. Yeah, but that's 21 hours. I mean... that's Yeah, but only 20... Oh, I mean, I, I beat... Destiny 2, you know, and 15 or whatever. So, wow. <laughs> but, but see, when I think, and, and it could be wrong, you have more experience with Assassin's Creed than I do, but I remember Assassin's Creed having a lot of extra shit. Like, that, you could go through the main story, it and does. the story was only like 25%. The rest of the shit is what took your time up. Yeah, and that's why I said I'm not sure what the percentage is based on, because I feel right. like I have a lot a lot of side stuff still to do. Uh-huh. But it could be where, like one of those games where, oh, all of this type of side stuff only counts for 1%. Yeah. Or it counts yeah. for 10%. You know, and the story yeah. is really 80%, but you're going to spend three times as long on the side stuff as you did the story. That's typically yeah. how the Assassin's Creed games work. You know, getting all the collectibles in the old games, mm-hmm. um, even the most recent one, takes forever. Um, right. But this one, they don't have collectibles like the others did. There's just a lot of side missions. Um, there are some treasures you have to find and whatnot, but that's nothing new either. Um, but there's not like the feathers from the other games or the flags. Right. As far as I'm aware. Now, also I will say this. I was prepared to come into this discussion slightly disappointed with the game, but I'm still finding new mechanics. Oh, wow. Really? 15 hours in, I'm like, all right, I guess we're not going to have this anymore. And bam, there's a mission, main story mission that involves it, or there's a side mission that involves it. It's like, okay, other mechanics are still there. They're just not as prominent, which makes sense when you think about the Egyptian setting of the game. It's right. like, all right, they're not going to have the glider suit in Egypt, you know, something like that, which I haven't encountered. I don't know if I will or not, right. but I haven't encountered it. But it's like, all right, in the environment, I understand. You know, there's no Da Vinci building it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the other thing what was the other thing uh, uh, I don't remember <laughs> it'll don't it'll remember. come to you it'll yeah. come to you so oh the other thing is that as of this moment I will still say that Black Flag is my favorite however I will say Origins is probably the objectively best mechanically. Really? Because it's better done as far as mechanics go. Climbing, much better. Combat, mm-hmm. much better. And the uh, the combat changes actually make the game a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Um, along with the leveling system that's in the game. Yeah. So it plays rather differently. I mean, it's I don't want to say completely different, but it's mm-hmm. way different. Okay. Um, so let's talk about a couple bad things. Let's so, go ahead. So the start of the game, confusing as hell. I had no how, idea how what was mean? going on. So you start off with the cutscene. You're fighting this dude. You kill him. You're like, okay, killed that guy. And you're not even controlling. This is a, you know a cutscene. No clue why. No clue who it was. I don't know who I am at that point. I didn't know that was my character. Right. And you get, let me put it this way, the Act 1, which they call the prologue, three and a half hours. Wow. So I didn't see the Assassin's Creed Origins title screen in-game until three and a half hours in after Act 1 was complete. Now, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. That makes it be, oh, uh, quick, quick addendum, so I can go ahead and, well, actually myself, the game that I was talking about earlier that's set up like the old school RPGs for this on Steam is called... I am Setsuna. So I actually yeah. pose this question to all the users out there that have played this, all the fan base. Sell me this game because I have only watched the trailers. I've only seen some moderate gameplay. Uh, I'm an old school RPG guy, but this something about this game is making me say no. If you think it's worth a playthrough, sell it to me. So anyway, anyway, so you're telling me that you go through the intro slash tutorial style areas of this game and you don't even see the actual fucking title card till three hours in yeah now the confusing wow. part that I'm talking and about I, start, I can tell that you're not a fucking average gamer so it's not like you just kept dying a lot and you kept fucking yourself over i take no. that as engineered that's kind of crazy yeah and it's it's not as bad as it sounds because you know i'm talking about how it started confusing it didn't take three and a half hours so i knew what was going on i got the story and whatnot maybe 30 minutes in I was like, oh, okay, this cutscene now explained, this dialogue now explained, who am I, what am I doing? Now, there are still are some backstory-related things I don't understand, because um, you're this uh, Magi, which is some sort of protector, bodyguard-type guy, don't know, and basically, people are like, oh, you're back, okay, well, where was I? You know, I know this event happened, but it seems like it was just six months ago, three months ago. But the environment kind of makes it sound like it's years ago. You know, what am I missing? Um, right. So, yeah, it started off pretty confusing. Um, and Assassin's Creed hasn't really been known for its, you know, superb graphics. It's not bad graphically. Especially the recent ones, I think probably starting around Black Flag. You get out on the ocean, water's beautiful, etc. But in Origins, 
it has that not as bad as Mass Effect, but that mouth sync that's off, and the oh, funny yeah. facial gestures, and you know the eyes are crinkling in odd ways that don't necessarily seem natural. It seems unfinished and not acceptable for 2017. If it was a Mass Effect game, yes. As an Assassin's Creed game, the standard is lower. Right. So I would say for an Assassin's Creed, it's not too far off the norm, but it is slightly mm -hmm. behind what I would expect. Right. And one thing, I very nearly turned my Xbox off and quit on Saturday playing this. Holy shit. Because I got, you know, I was doing the adult thing Saturday morning, so I didn't get as much time as I wanted. Uh, got home, loaded up Assassin's Creed, got my stream ready. I was about to start playing, and I went ahead and signed in. And I had done some other stuff, downloaded some free uh, Twitch stuff for linking the accounts, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, let me check out my gear, see if there's anything I want to quit before I start playing the actual story and whatnot. And my weapons were gone. What? Yeah, so... I only had the ones that had dropped in-game, but the ones I, were, I was using were the pre-order or deluxe bundle weapons. Right. Um, and I had upgraded them, which is not easy to do. I mean, it's easy, but it's not cheap to do. You need a right. lot of money to do it. And money early game, really difficult to come by. Even late game, I'm kind of struggling at times. Um, but I loaded up, I was like, okay, why are these boxes empty? I thought it was a graphical glitch. Because I was right. like, okay, my weapon's there, blah, blah, blah. Nope. I hit the icon. It showed all my you know, other gear, the ones I was going to break down and stuff, and or sell, and they weren't there. Oh, wow. So I sat here, kind of looked at my screen going, huh. Um, uh, so I went to the, you know, store menu on there trying to see if I could grab them again because there are some I guess if you get rid of them which I haven't figured out how to get rid of them because I want to at this point um, you can get them back so, but I was like alright I guess I'll just restart the game so I did the hard quit booted it back up and all my stuff was there <laughs> so <laughs> oh okay yeah I don't know why it did it but that almost had me just rage quit the game because Jeez. I had literally my fists and no shield. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, it's kind of like the whole rift discussion. I'm too far to kind of go back and do this. No, right. I'm sure I could have managed, but it's just the principle right. of it. It's like, I, I was, I mean, I was already like only like six hours in. So, you know, I technically could have started over or whatever, but even then would my stuff have been there? I don't know. Right. And uh, fuck that, man. Yeah. So that was a bit of a scare there. Um, another annoying thing about the game is, so you have your little eagle companion guy, mm -hmm. and you fly, you can switch to his view, look around at enemies, mark them and whatnot. When you zoom in on that, it gives you like the drunk blur around the edge. I know it's supposed to be that focused look. You know, you're focused in on the spots. So everything else is blurry. But it is not done well. I would have much rather them dim it or, you know, black it out completely like a scope. Do something else. 
because that blur is just disorienting. And I'm not a person that gets, you know, ferret really, I don't get, you know, that motion sickness from games or whatever. That just had me, my eyes hurting looking at it. So when I use uh-huh. it now, I try to zoom in on what I'm looking at and then immediately zoom back out. Uh-huh. Um, but bad things aside, <laughs> loving the game, like I said, I think it's one of the mechanically, or it's the most mechanically well done Assassin's Creed game. Here's the, o- the only real question that matters, is are you genuinely having fun with it? Yes. Well, that's all. Yep. That's all that matters. Yeah. Um, the so I was talking about upgrading weapons, and it's interesting because you can you can buy weapons, but most of your stuff is going to come from drops, which is a new concept to Assassin's Creed in one sense. In um, the older ones, sure they could drop it, or you could pick up their weapon, but you wouldn't unlock it all the time, or something like that. Or there was one game where you would unlock it, but only if you did a certain thing, mm-hmm. um, took it back somewhere or whatever. But in this one, and it's not every weapon, you know, they carry will drop. It's not one of those things. Right. But when you kill a elite character, you have a chance of getting a better gear, a better weapon. And they're ranked from, you know, common, uh, rare, and I guess... Legendary. Mm-hmm. There's only three tiers. You know, white, purple, and gold. Right. Um, and the the ones I was talking about where I started with the pre-order or the Lux bundle, they're legendary uh, weapons and shield. Um, did not start with the bow, but I got the bow through the Twitch thing or either a Ubisoft reward. Because since I played all the Assassin's Creed game, I have all these credits on their little in-game system. Mm-hmm. So I can buy these other weapons or something else to help you know, uh, play the game. Right. And I want to say that that's why early game I didn't have any issues was because I had these stronger weapons than normal. Yeah. Um, early game may have taken longer if you didn't have that. Right. Unless you got good drops. And it's completely random. Um, there are certain chests that give you better drops. I would say if... I would say I would have three questions for you to see if to see how you feel about this game. Okay. So one, the stealth, which is apparently a big key aspect to the to the to the Assassin's Creed franchise, is does it hold up in this game? Is it good? Is it is it better than what it used to be? Is it worse than what it used to be? Yes. I would say it is better overall. Mm-hmm. One thing I have not encountered are these stupid escort missions where you have to follow someone, keep them in sight, but you can't be seen. Ah. Um, something like that. You, you still have to escort people, but it's the casual, hey, let's go with this guy over here, or they're following you. Right. You know, oh, carry this injured guy out of the enemy camp. You know, that's okay. It's not based around stealth. You know, I'll go in and I'll stealth my way through the entire base kill everyone without ever being seen. Gotcha. Because it gives you enough opportunity to do so, but it's not as cheap as it was in the older games, Mm -hmm. primarily because the levels matter so much more. Ah. If the enemy is two levels above you or more, you cannot one-shot assassinate them. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, So, 
that's kind of held me up from progressing through the story because I'm like, okay, I'll do the story and then do side stuff. But then the next story quest is red because I'm not high enough level. It's, you know, three levels higher than me. Um, I actually brute forced my way through one of them last night um, using fire bombs on the boss because I wouldn't be able to damage it otherwise or the enemies that were guarding her um, just so I could get through it because I was like, all right, I need to complete another story mission. It's been, mm, I don't want to say hours, but it's been, you know, like an hour since I did a story mission. Right. I need to complete one, but the only one I have, even close to my level, is is this one. Um, so they matter so much more. And as part of that, another interesting thing about this, and I'm, I'm not a huge fan of it, but it certainly adds to the gameplay, is the skill tree. Because the skill tree is divided into three main categories. Mm-hmm. It's bow, melee, and tools. Now, the way the older games work is you progress to a story, you get some side quest or a main mission, and that unlocks X. You know, you unlock the uh, assassin blade first off. You know, that's usually early in the game. And then you unlock, you know, a sleeping dart, etc. Mm-hmm. Now you have to choose what you're going to unlock. And because the level's capped at 40, you cannot unlock everything. Hmm. Well. So it's it's interesting in that it give, makes you think about what you're doing. Right. And what would benefit you the most. Right. But at the same time, it's limiting you. Yeah. I, I, like, the, I like the version that's kind of like that, but more whatever you use, it upgrades that more. I know, that's, that's usually like a weapon thing. But I like the skill aspect when they when they do that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, like I had to go through and it's funny because there are achievements tied to certain skills. So I'm like, all right, I know I'm gonna hundred percent this game. So I need to be prepared for the achievements so I have to play through it a second time. Mm-hmm. Because no matter how much I love a game, I rarely, rarely play through them a second time. Wow. Pretty much the only example that comes to mind is Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Um, I've played through Lunar a couple times, but that's just because I wanted that nostalgia. I didn't actually want to play it for the mechanics of the game or whatever. I wanted to play it to reminisce or, you know, go back in time and experience it again. Right. It wasn't like, oh, this was a great game mechanically, so I want to play again. It's like, let me just reminisce. Right. Um, So I know I try not to... Or I tried to prepare myself on the achievements, and I was only looking at the achievements because I was trying to find something that told me my percentage at, of what I was through right. of the game. Because normally, they have this helix bar. It looks like a you know DNA DNA strand mm-hmm. based graphic, and you could you know tab over and see what you needed to do for main stuff, story stuff, and it give you an overall percentage. Well, that's gone in this game. Hmm. So I have no way of tracking my progress truly. That's a quality of life thing that I don't know why they took out. That's weird. I I think it has to do with the... So Assassin's Creed, for those that don't know, and to refresh your memory, is a game where you are in a simulation. Correct. You're experiencing these people's memories. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, are their ancestors' memories? Yeah, I, I, this, I remember, Chris. I remember this. You're hooked up to this machine, and the machine grabs yeah. you around the waist and flips you around the room, and you're Michael Fassbender. I know. I fucking know. Okay. 
Yeah, the animus. Um, so, in Chris game, is not even biting on that one. Not even going to bite no. on it. I just let you do your rambling and then I move on. Yeah, that's all. Moving on from that movie. Yeah, so I think the reason it's gone has to do with the real life side of the game. Mm-hmm. And I real life is in quotes there because obviously it's still a video game. Right, right. You know. um, it's completely different than what they did in older games. You're not... I'm not, you know, I'm not actually going to finish that sentence because I think I'd consider that a spoiler. Even though it's not really and you learn it super early on, Yeah, I'm going to draw the line there. Might as well save that um, nugget just in case. Yeah. So I think the real side of it, and I will say, I'm enjoying the real side of it more than most of the other ones. Wow. Okay. Because the other ones, some of them were clunky, pointless, whatever. This one actually makes you care about it a little bit more. Uh-huh. I don't want to say you're emotionally invested because it's not to that point yet, maybe. Um, I have a feeling it might if things continue on their current path. But you And you also don't spend very much time outside the Animus. Oh, uh, okay. Out, out of, you know, 21 hours of gameplay, I have maybe 20 minutes outside of it. Everything else is in the Animus. Okay. All right. And that's a good that's a good ratio, I think, because in the older ones you'd spend, you know, hours outside of it doing something pointless, you know, uh, just to demonstrate right. the bleeding effect or something else like that. Yeah. Um, but this one much better. All right. So my second question of of Detra would be: once you get out of the sneaking aspect, boom, combat mode. How does the combat hold up? Is it is it engaging? Better than the old version? Worse than? About the same? What do you think? God, it is so much harder because it is better. Ah, okay. Because okay. you're trying to fight this guy, you know, and you have two other guys behind you. So you're trying to circle around to where you have all three of them in your sight because you know as soon as you go to swing at this one guy, the other one's going to nail you from behind. Right. So unless you have a teammate fighting with you in that particular mission, it's probably you against, you know, anywhere from one to four guys, typically. Uh, there's a couple of occasions where you get reinforcements called on you or whatever, and you could seriously get outnumbered. But having three guys, I generally, you know, don't expect to make it out of that. Right. Um, part of that is because of the leveling system and the weapon upgrade system, because they matter so much. Right. Your damage is based entirely on the level of your weapon and your equipment upgrades, which I haven't even talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels so much better. Good. Okay. So the st- I'm just tired of dying. <laughs> so the stealth is better. The combat's better. Third, and most important aspect for me in these type of games, how's the story? Is it engaging? Do you like it? I like most of it. And I think this is where Black Flag is still my favorite mm-hmm. because the story isn't grabbing me as much. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it started off confusing. I still have a lot of questions, and they may get answered. They may not. Um, but as of right now, I don't... So it is a, at times, emotionally investing game. Okay. It will get you and go, oh, crap, uh, this is happening, you know. Mm-hmm. 
that's it's very brutal in some ways, you know, because it is it does not hold punches. Right. This is ancient Egypt. This is you know, people get killed for the smallest things. These bad guys are bad guys and they're going to kill whoever's in their way. Mm-hmm. Man, woman, child. So you see some of these scenes and you're like, wow. Um, all right, I'm just going to take a minute, hang out over here, and just let that process. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I'm not as invested. Well, I mean, I guess the game can't always be a fucking rocket 10 out of 10 at all times, you know? Yeah. It, at least you, at least you're not hating it. You know, at least you're not no, disliking I mean, it. Aside from, you know, missing some, or being clueless about some parts of the story so far, I don't really have any complaints about it. Right. It's just I can't sing its praise at the moment. Gotcha. And, and, uh, there is that too. I mean, we're recording this. Oh, about two, three days after the game was released. So, hey, man, all, all this is is, is initial impressions for you anyway. You know, this game might fuck. This might fucking rocket in the next day or so, or it might plummet. Who knows? Right now, it's for me as as as, a, as your partner. At least I know that you're enjoying it enough to keep wanting to play it, and you didn't like. Man, I just fucking. Just, Sixty dollars down the fucking drain, you know. <laughs> Sixty, I paid a hundred. Holy shit! I get the uh, when it comes to Assassin's Creed, I get the one that comes with the season pass, mm-hmm. and so that had to be the deluxe edition plus the season pass, basically. Gotcha. So instead of being sixty, it was seventy plus thirty bucks for the DLC pass or season pass. What a fucking so nerd, man! Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> So, uh, aside from Ash Creed, any other, any other things for this week for you? Well, that was pretty much Not it. Not game wise. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, Friday I got home, I started playing, and, you know, played till bedtime. Saturday morning, woke up, did adult things, like I said, and then came home and started playing again. And then Sunday, yesterday, I played all day long. Cool. So. Well, uh, I guess I'll move into mine. Uh, kind of a tree parter for mine. Uh, first, like I said, I was playing, uh, I was playing Grandia for the PlayStation 1. Uh, played it for about an hour or two. I just, you know, again, I just took the plate and I pushed it to the side, said no thank you. I could see where it would be appealing and I could see where maybe a very younger me, maybe a not as experienced me would have had a fucking blast with it. I've been thinking about going back through Grandia 2 at some point and seeing if that still has the same flavor for me. Um, it doesn't have to, you know, this is, this is another argument I've made for people in life is that, uh, take Goldeneye, for example. They say, Hey, man, Goldeneye was fucking great back in the day, bruh. You play that shit now, it's fucking wicked bad. And I'm like, yeah, I get that, but you don't always have to have it always a hundred, always at all time. Final Fantasy VI, Chrono Trigger, always going to be 10 out of 10s for me, Chris. Always. And I know that because I played both of those games in the last year. And both is still just fucking great. But not every game has to be that way. If I play Grandia 2 right now and I drop that game after four hours of playing it, guess what, Chris? I still played that game back in the day. I still have fond memories of loving that game to death. 
you know? So, game doesn't always have to hold the appeal. All I know from Grandia 1's experience is that I picked it up, I gave it a, gave it a few hours, and I politely said no thanks. Uh, I also randomly picked up and started playing uh, Rogue Galaxy for the PlayStation 2 because I heard some pretty good things about that game. I put a, a good five, six hours into that game, and again... What's I, what's that game about? Uh, So, from again, I've only made it about five, six hours into the game, so I've only made it through about halfway or close to the end of the first other planet you get to, but it's an RPG... It has pseudo cell shaded type graphics, and it is set to a space pirate type theme. Uh, still uses magic, still uses swords. Uh, there's a, there's a bit of crafting involved. Uh, you can find different items throughout the game to basically do like almost like a sphere grid, where like okay, you have this you have this a spell so to speak called fire sword. And to use Fire Sword, you need this bolt and this sword. Well, through the game, once you find randomly that bolt and that sword, you you unlock the Fire Sword. Now you can use Fire Sword. And unlocking that gives the potential to unlock about two or three other things, and so on and so forth. So that aspect was actually pretty cool. Um it's the story of a boy that's it's on this planet and he wants to he wants to grow up and be, you know he wants to be a space pirate so he wants to go travel the galaxies and to other planets and etc um the story was decent enough didn't blow my socks off but it was entertaining enough uh the game the the battle mechanics i had a good time with it was enjoyable the the leveling up the skill up etc was I, I enjoyed it. I got it. I got what they were going for. I had a good time with it. Uh, just maybe the pacing uh, might have been just a little bit off for me. It's a lot of... It was a lot of Metroid style, but too damn slow, I guess. There was no... <laughs> you couldn't sprint or run. I know that's a nitpick, but man, what, do you, what do you want? I'm a fucking... I say what I like. Um, it... It it wasn't there enough to to make me keep going, is what I'm getting at, um, and for a good reason as well because uh, I'm still playing through the Super Metroid, uh, the Metroid Super Zero Mission is the title of it. I'm still playing through that, and it's it's got a lot more fucking gameplay. It takes that game and extends it basically. Still playing through the, the, the Yoshi's Island 2 plus whatever, uh, now and again. And, uh, I ran across, uh, another YouTube channel that I'd heard about from two best friends called Klimps. And, uh, I want to ask if you, do you have any experience with or have you played, uh, Nier for the 360? I have not. Okay. Uh, any experience with the Drakengard games either? Not that those matter, but... No. Okay. Uh, I recommend, if you don't want to play through the game, because you know everybody out there is going to fucking gouge your eyes out if you don't actually play the game, but I've watched an entire playthrough of Nier through Two Best Friends. I want to say it was like 30, 40 episodes. I don't know. But I watched the entire playthrough of that game, and I also watched uh, The Gentleman Klimps. I watched his... Uh, basically summary 
of near spot three videos long uh in preparation for uh as i said last episode there's two games this year that i have not touched that i have heard like people have been grabbing me by my throat and shaking me like you've got to play these games is persona 5 which i put that graphic up on the page and i sent it to you so now you know about persona and smt shit um and near automata uh, Near Automata catches my eyes for a couple reasons. One, now that I, now that I have watched the playthrough, uh, of Near, and I've had the game regurgitated to me and explained as well, because they kind of, kind of had to, kind of didn't, but kind of had to. Uh, I found the story for Near interesting, and apparently Near Automata has some references, some calls back to Near, but it's a standalone game, so. If I'm looking at a brand new game that's supposedly in a franchise, if it's the direct sequel, I'm very hesitant to play it unless I play the original. I've always been that right. way. Fortunately, from what I hear, Near Automata stands by itself. It's a standalone game. So that's appeal number one. So this is a must-play game of this year, and it's standalone. Second thing, it's a platinum game. I love platinum. Platinum is on a winning streak with me. They've been on a winning streak, most notably with... uh uh, Bayonetta, most notably with, uh, shit, uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Love Platinum Games. Have, seem like they're kind of a, they can take any sort of franchise and just make them great. You know what I mean? Uh, not in the, uh, not in the EA sense. <laughs> Where they just take a franchise and go, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I have been back and forth and back and forth on trying to decide whether I want to buy this game because even the, again, today buying a brand new game, that's a lot to me. That's money. I don't have money to throw around all the time. But, I just, like, if, if I don't have, I have a lot of outside sources through YouTube and forums, etc. that are telling me to play this game, but I have nobody directly. Chris is not telling me to play this game. Adam is not telling me to play this game. Greg is not telling me to play this game, so I'm so I'm so hesitant. But from the trailers I've seen, from the gameplay I've seen, the fact that Platinum is on a fucking win-win streak with me, and the fact that it's a standalone game, I said, okay, I'm finally going to go and buy this game. If I can find it for a good price. Uh, quick shout-out to CDKeys.com. Uh, never heard of this place before, but not only do they sell games, they also have like subscriptions like Xbox Live and PSN. This game right now, as of this recording, if I went to Steam to buy Near Automata, is sixty bucks. They had this game for thirty four ninety eight, and because I liked their Facebook page, I got an additional five percent off. I got this game for like thirty three bucks. That's half the fucking price of a brand new game. So, kudos, cool. Uh, if I was to give you guys a hot take right now, it would literally be a hot take game because I spent last night downloading it. I played it a little bit this morning. Uh, had to go do some shopping and shit and came back. There's no autosave in this game, which apparently that's part of the story of the game. I get it. I can, I'm an old school guy. The fuck, I can manually save. I, let me tell you about manual save. I used to have to go to an inn in Final Fantasy 1 to save my game, okay? I could just save anywhere. Don't tell me about manual saves. But, uh, I've done, I've, I'm only maybe 45 minutes into this game, and I've already done action, 
where I'm swinging fucking swords around, dodging attacks, very very platinum esque combat. I've I've done a uh, shooter style uh, area. I fought a gigantic fucking mech style boss. Uh, the story that has been given to me in this little bit of time has been understandable. I get what's going on, so I have high hopes. Uh, I, I've tried in my later years to not get myself sucked into hypes to hype tornadoes because it can happen. Uh, a good example of how that didn't happen was with uh, Breath of the Wild. I had that was a fucking hype tornado out this world, and hey, what do you know? It turned out to be what it was worth. Um, I'm going to take this game all the way through because I spent money on it. Uh, I hope it's great. I hope it's fun. I hope once it opens up, it'll be even better than what I'm playing now. But as of right now, with a very, very, very fucking fresh off the grill hot take, I'm enjoying it. Having a good time. I see the potential and we'll see where it goes. Um, one other thing, and this is going to be a little bit longer. I meant to bring this up last podcast, but I didn't. So, uh, this is actually a little bit pet. This is a couple weeks ago. So this is, this is kind of late due. Uh, I think you saw on my Facebook page, Chris, that I went to a console tournament down here on the coast. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, s- s- grab you some popcorn there, bro. Let me tell you how this shit went. S- oh boy. So, uh, so what this was, this is a local restaurant slash bar type area uh, thing here down the coast where I live called the Wayward Kraken. Uh, they're they're a nerd centric, nerd themed style uh, bar slash mini style restaurant. They have some you know some snackables type. Their menu is very small, but I mean it's a, it's a hangout place. You like playing magic, you can go here and hang out. You like playing D and D, you can go here and hang out. They got they got fucking. Uh, nerd and game and shit paraphernalia all over the walls. It's, it's your, it's our type of place to go. So, uh, fairly new business. Uh, I, I haven't went there except for this tournament just because I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a recluse. I sit at the house and don't go anywhere. I like it that way. But I saw where they were advertising for a tournament. Um, I'm sure, I, I hope I got the name right. It was called a cons, it was a console war. And what it is, is they had different establishments, so the way we're cracking and this other bar and this other restaurant and this other place would bring in teams of four to basically compete against each restaurant or establishment. The winning establishment had a crown. You got to keep like a trophy in their in their establishment, and the winner got something. I think it was a gift card or something. I forget. I forget all the details. I didn't care about what you won because I wanted to go. I wanted to go because I'm not a fucking competitor, and you're thinking, well, wait a minute, if you're not a competitor, why would you want to go? Because this was not a Halo tournament, this was not a Call of Duty tournament, this was not a fucking Madden tournament, this wasn't a Smash Brothers tournament. This tournament was proposed to me that they were going to pick four random games from four random consoles. You were going to play these four games given the parameters they give you. You were going to get an individual score. Your individual scores added up to a team score. The winning team wins. So the game could be anything. You weren't playing a fucking, you know, the, the top 32 round of Street Fighter 4. You know, it could have, it could have been you were playing Mario Brothers 3, the first person to three stars. You know, as in the end of the level, you hit the stars. 
It could have been you were playing fucking Pong. Whoever had the highest score won. It could have been you were playing Grand Theft Auto 3, the first person to get the fucking, the quickest time to get the five stars. Who knows? Five random consoles, I mean, four random consoles, four random games, score the top, go for it. I said, fuck yeah. You know what? I'm built for this. This is the type of tournament that I can get involved in. So I signed up. I tried to milk from the guy as best I could. I'm like, man, you gotta give me something. Don't, don't have me coming here and it's a fucking, it's Call of Duty and then it's, it's fucking Overwatch and then it's Smash Brothers and then it's Madden. Like, that's not, he's like, man, I'm not gonna tell you. It's four random games, four random consoles. Who knows what you're gonna be playing? He said, I will tell you the idea is you're, you wanna try to get a team for yourself. Because if you have four guys that you know are good fucking console gamer guys, you're going to have a better chance than if I just throw you in with random people. I said, well, I don't really have anybody because I don't really have anybody. I don't know anybody of my guys that would be interested. Um, so just get me in the loop. If you can just get me on a team, I, I just want to play. All right, so I get there the day of. The random... The random thing was true because I was with four random people and I was actually competing for the wayward Kraken. I was, I was, I was like, I'll support you guys. That's, I don't know this place at all, but you guys are fucking nerd centric. You're right up my alley. I fit in here. You know, I'll compete for you. The first game was <clears throat> Super Mario Brothers one for the Nintendo and it was level world one, level one. So start the game. The clock's ticking. The it, it was time. From the time you start to the time you get to the flag. So the fastest time, essentially. If you got it in between this many seconds, you got nine points. This many seconds, you got eight, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. As far as I remember, I got the top of the four people. I was one of the top ones on my team. I got there quick. I did my thing. So I had high hopes. I said, okay, I'm doing pretty good. The next game was Mario Kart for the Super Nintendo. He said, but there's a catch. I said, okay, here we go. The catch is we're at a bar type establishment, so you need to drink something for this game. And I was like, ah, okay, I get it. It's, it's a bar place. They're going to want you to drink. So you're going to play drunk or whatever. So what the gimmick was, you had to go to the bar before you started your match of Mario Kart. It was one-on-one. So, me on my team versus another guy from another team. So, it's like one-on-one all the way across, you know. You all got a drink. Any drink. And there were two rules to this match, aside from you having to be the first to cross the finish line. One, if you cross the finish line with anything in your glass or bottle or cup or whatever, you were disqualified. So, you had to drink all of whatever the fuck you got. Rule two, drinking and driving, as it is in real life, motherfuckers, is strictly prohibited. You cannot do that. So in order for you to drink, you had to, on Mario Kart, on the Super Nintendo, pull your cart over to the side of the road, off of the road, drink your drink. Once you have stopped drinking, whether you finish the drink or not, you can get back on the road and go back to racing. Yeah, I've seen this before. I said, cool. I got it. You know, again, it's a bar place. I get it. I'm down. I'm down for whatever. Let's do it. They're like, all right, go get your drinks. The drinks are on me. Don't worry about paying for them. Just go get a drink. So I get up there. And I was like, you know what? 
I ain't drink a drink drink in a while. Let me get a Dr. Pepper and a Captain Morgan. And the sweet lady said, unfortunately, we only have bottled beer here. I'm not a beer guy. I don't know about you, Chris. Are you a beer guy? No. Okay. Not at all. Uh, there's all sorts of alcohols I will drink, and I've tested a few beers here and there. I'm just not a beer guy. Sorry. Don't tell you people in real life. I just don't like beer. I was like, okay, well, I guess just give me a fucking Dr. Pepper then. Sure, let's roll with it. So I had this fucking 22-ounce cup of Dr. Pepper. Uh, I won the toss-up. They made me the captain for the team. I said, I'm going to race. I'd like to pick that guy. I don't fucking know these guys, so I don't know who the bad guy is. I just, I'll just i race that guy. They sit us down. Three, two, one, we go. I immediately pull off, and I start drinking my drink. Now, I don't know about you, Chris, but me drinking a soda, it's hard for me to chug a soda. I don't know if it's the carbon or what, but drinking an ice-cold soda wasn't working. I was trying. I the guy next to me had a fucking beer, and he's, as most of these people here, the fucking yo bro college guy. He, one, two, three, <laughs> his fucking beer is done. He just throws his cup to the space. He's done. I chug about half of my Dr. Pepper, and I'm like, all right, back on the road. I gotta, I can't fucking finish it right now. So I get back on the road. He's already passed me. That's okay, Chris. I'm up in this game. I, I'm, I'm, I'm better at Mario Kart 64, but I know Mario Kart. I know to pick a good racer, I, which I picked Toad, which I know I can hear it now. Oh, but hold on now. It's not the best. In my, for me, he's always been the best. I know when to break around corners, and I know when to jump. I know when to pick between those two. I know how to take certain shortcuts on certain levels to get through the grass to make it faster. And I also know to get the fucking coins, because in Mario Kart for the Super Nintendo, the more coins you got, the faster you were. So I was picking up coins. I'm fucking pseudo drifting around some corners. I'm breaking to, I caught up to this guy in no time. No time. I, I caught a fucking mushroom as one of the items, boosted through the fucking grass in one point, got another shortcut, and I'm fucking, I'm, I'm not way ahead, but I got ahead. Right before the finish line, I pull over because you have to fucking drink. <laughs> I can't finish it with have fucking drink in my cup. I picked the right. Dr. Pepper up, and I'm, I mean, I'm making fucking nasty fucking porn sounds. <laughs> I'm fucking chugging this thing. I got half a, I don't really have a brain freeze. It's just drinking a fucking carbonated drink at the speed of sound. It was not that easy. Um, actually, I'm sorry, a, a little step back for this. Before I got to the finish line, uh, just to make sure my place was solidified, I had a star item. I even let him get close to me, and I busted his ass off the side of the road with a star. So he spun out, and he's off to the side of the road. I'm like, now's my chance. I get to the finish line. I pick the Dr. Pepper up. I drink. He passed me up, and he won. And I was like, yeah. all right. You know, A, I'm not mad. Not mad. He he had drink advantage. You know, it is what it is. I was the better racer. I'm not trying to be cocky. I'm saying I was better than him, but drink advantage. No problem. Moving on. Uh, the rest of my teammates did okay. I don't know if, I think one of them won, so our team kind of shit. Kind of didn't do that good. Next game, I saw them setting it up. Goldeneye for the 64. All right. And I said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm talking to my teammates. I was like, bruh, I've got you. As long as there's no, no stupid fucking bar gimmick on this one, I've got you. 
This game is on my top 15 wall of all time. I have two, two 007 files on that game. I've mastered that game twice over. Now, mind you, that was close to 15 years ago. I still fucking did it. I can do, yeah. I can do this. And they're like, cool, have at it. Initially, they had this set up to where it was multiplayer, of course. It was 2v2. Now, I'm trying my best to not be a salty Sam about this. <laughs> but even with that game being archaic, because I know, I, and I was telling everybody beforehand, I was like, guys, this is what you're going to run into. I know you're, like, one of the guys was talking about he was great at Overwatch, and another guy was, me and him were having a good conversation about uh, Battlefield Bad Company 2. I said, you got to understand, this game is old. First-person shooters do not age that well, man. So don't pick this up thinking you're just going to bust ass in it. It's going to be rough. You know, you only have one analog stick, and your other one is controlled by a digital C stick. You know, C up, left, left, etc. It's going to be rough. So, And plus, you're inverted as default. He's not letting us change that either. So just be, be prepared. I was prepared because I always play inverted and I played this game about two or three years ago. Again, I didn't go through a, a master file, but I, I know what to look for. Like, I was fucking ready, bruh. I was so ready to play this. We get in a match. It was the first team to 10 wins. I start, the match starts. My controller is shit. Now we're talking about actual genuine Nintendo 64, not an emulator. Okay. Yeah. So it's four. Actually, five, because he had a spare. There were four Nintendo 64 controllers. My first controlling issues were I could turn left, I could turn right, I walked forward. I did not run. And I could not move backwards. So if I was in a room with somebody, I could turn left and turn right, no problem. But if I wanted to run forward, I didn't. I just stepped forward. So anytime I got into a fight with somebody, I was trying to fucking kick their ass, but I wasn't controlling good enough. And I was vocalizing this. I was saying, man, my controller's fucked up. Now, mind you, on the couch, the other guys as well are talking about their controllers are fucked up. And I'm like, yeah, man, this kind of sucks. I'm like, is this part of the gimmick? And he's like, nah, man, nah, it's just, just go. I'm like, these controllers are kind of fucked, bruh, but okay. I had a teammate. He was like, here's this other controller if you want to swap it. So I had a teammate in the middle of the gameplay swap my controller for another controller. That controller, if I turn left, he would spin hard left and then turn back right. <laughs> if I turn right, he would spin hard right and then turn back left. I was like, this one's not any better. This is not any better. Like, I can run forward now, but my left and right are fucked up. That's bad for aiming. So I had him swap it out. And again, other players next to me are complaining, and he goes, all right, all right, guys, tell you what, here's what we're going to do, here's what we're going to do. Let's stop this. Instead of making it 2v2, let's just make it one-on-one. Instead of 2v2 to 10, we'll make it one-on-one to 5. And I'm like, okay, cool. I got a new controller. I have one of the other guys' controller, and my teammate had another controller. 3, 2, 1, go. This one runs forward just fine. If I turn left, it turns left super slow. If I turn right, it spins all the fucking way around like a 360. I'm like, bruh, this controller is fucked up. <laughs> and he's like, man, I've done all I can, man. You got to work with it. 
The guy next to me is fucking having a blast. He's got a, a decent controller. He's just fucking running. So one, two, three, four, five, I'm dead. Just dead. That's five to one. Didn't even, didn't even fucking get a kill in. I at least got one kill the last time. So boom, I'm out of the gold knot tournament. Everybody on my team that had that controller lost. The one guy that he sat down and got the good controller and the other guy got the shit controller. What do you know, Chris? He won. Go figure. Imagine that. So at this point, because of our team's losses, we were mathematically unable to win this tournament. Even if we got max score on the next game, we could not win. So our team was out. At this point, I was like, hey, guys, I had a good time. We're going to go ahead and bounce. The next game, which they played, was uh, Guitar Hero for the PlayStation 4. Uh, I'm sure they had a good time. I would have played it, but, you know, we were disqualified, so whatever. Um, I know it sounds like I'm just fucking being salty because, one, okay, I could have picked a different drink for the Mario Kart. I get that. There was, like, a Mike's Lemonade. I guess I could have fucking chugged that. Uh, I could have got a fucking cup of water. I mean, damn, as a fucking military guy <laughs> to the desert twice, I could have chugged the fuck out of a cup of water, you know? Um, And I guess even though my controller was fucked up, most of everybody else's controllers were fucked up. So even though the fucked up controller wasn't a gimmick, everybody else had to muscle through it as well. But I just felt that was kind of bullshit. You know, especially the controller thing. I'm like, man, if this, if I had a decent controller, I, I could have, it would have been much better. I get the overcome, adapt and overcome of having a fucked up controller, but eh. So I told my wife that next year I probably will do this tournament again, but you better fucking believe. And Chris, I know you know, I've got every fucking controller damn near for every console around there. I will be bringing my own. <laughs> yep. I'll fucking bring my own shit and I don't have to worry about it. And I'll have no excuse. Walking with a backpack of controllers. Yep. What's what's the next game? What's the next game? Sega Saturn? Oh, cool. Yeah, I got that right here. Yeah, right here. <laughs> so uh, I, That's one of the only consoles I'm missing. Yeah. I I mean I I'm not trying to downplay it either. It was a, I was in a good atmosphere. You know, I was around a bunch of genuine people. I had random conversations with random people about random games. You know, I was in that nerd-centric environment. I had a good time. It was it was a good laugh cut up, you know. It was in that multiplayer aspect a little bit where, you know, you're, oh, that was that was bullshit or, woo, I got a kill or, you know, I fucking came in first or whatever. I had, I had a decent time. I just... I kind of fucked myself on one point, and another point, I was fucked up by a controller, and that pissed me off. I was so pissed off about GoldenEye because I know I, I was talking shit. I was like, yeah, you better be good. You better be glad I've got the shit controller. You're going to need it. Everybody was like, oh, <laughs> and yeah, well, actually, I needed a good controller because I got my fucking asshole reamed. But, uh... So yeah, that's most of my time right there. I'm, I'm, I'm playing. I'm literally in the infantile steps of near Automata, playing a couple ROM hack games. And a few weeks ago, I had to. I went to a console tournament. So. What say you, Chris? Shall we? Shall we roll into today's topic? Finally. Yeah. So, uh, today's topic is mobile gaming. Mobile gaming. Now, this is not. This is not a topic that is solely about 
uh, smartphones and phone games and iPad games, though it will be a lot of that. This is mobile gaming, period. You know, this could be gaming. This is gaming encompassing Game Boy, Game Gear, DS, fucking any anything that is you take a game away from your house and out and abroad and you're not here in the comfort of your own home, how you how you have your games fix when you're out and about. Um, we had a very teeny tiny discussion about this over Facebook beforehand, just some prep before the uh for the show. And you said you were well equipped to talk about this topic. So this may be, fortunately, a Chris-centric topic. I'm totally fine with that. Uh, because most of my mobile gaming is console-specific. Game Boys, DSs, etc. I have very, very, very minimum experience with mobile gaming as far as, you know, your smartphone. I don't have a tablet, so that's out of the water. But, um, yeah, so this may be more on your side, but the, the topic itself is just about gaming, mobile gaming period. Like, how do we, where has it come from? Where do we see it going? What, what presence does it have in our eyes, in our scope of the gaming world, etc.? So, what's, what's your, what's your takes on mobile gaming? You know, it's, it's kind of funny because you think you had that, uh, thing earlier we're talking about you know a real gamer because or not because they only play madden or whatever it's the same thing with like phone games right uh they're like yeah i play angry birds well does that make you a gamer i mean technically yes but in our eyes you know that's not what we necessarily consider a true gamer right i mean not to you know say oh well you should be ashamed of yourself i mean you should if you haven't played real you know real video games but um i played angry birds I beat the original and all the levels, you know. I can't remember if I got three stars on all of them, but that's, you know, I was working on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed it, you know. Uh, but there are a lot of differences that are slowly going away between phone games and handheld games such as Game Boy and DS. I would like to know more. So if you think about it, just look at how many RPGs are on phones now. I'm trying to think of what it is. There's a Final Fantasy you can get on a phone. Yeah, there's there's been a few um, of them over the past couple of years. Yeah, I think four. I'm trying to remember what it is that the last one I heard about was. But they did one, and they're like, okay, well, that went well, so we're going to do more. Yeah. Um, you have to pay for them, and I think one of them was 15 bucks. I don't know if they all are. Which kind of turned me off from because I'm like, well, for a phone game, an old export that all you did was, you know, convert it to a mobile platform. Yeah. That's a bit much. Yeah. But the fact that they did it was pretty groundbreaking at the time because phones were for Angry Birds and, you know, these other silly games, not for real games. Yeah. Yeah. But now you have real old school treasured games coming to the phone. And people seeing that as a, as a success, so I expect we'll see more "quote unquote" real games being developed purely for the phone. Right. Um, especially RPGs. You know, you get the old school top-down JRPG. You know, Lunar, Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger. You know, all these are easily done on the processing power of a phone. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. 
the phones are, you know, as powerful as old computers were. Yep. So if they could play a game, why can't the phone? Exactly. Sure, you've got a smaller screen. The big thing is dealing with controls. But again, that's where RPG, especially turn-based, shines. Because, okay, I can, you know, tap my menus to select what I'm going to do easier than I can, you know, pilot this plane, which there are games that do that, so that's not really a good example. But <laughs> uh, it's easier to control. Yeah. The graphics on phones are becoming quite phenomenal. It's it, absolutely. It's very impressive what phones can handle with a. I say this with folded arms, and I, as I nod, yes, yeah, they're 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 getting up there. Okay. There's actually a browser game uh, called Forge of Empires, and it's one of those you know it was made in Flash and whatnot. Uh, so it's kind of clunky. It's a memory hog, etc. All those problems you have with browser-based Flash games. Um, but they released, I'd say last year or maybe the year before, I don't know how long I've even been playing it, but they released an app for it, and the app looks amazing. It runs smooth, it has no problems, and yet the browser version completely sucks, you know, as far as memory and resources go. So if they could combine the two and, you know, do a browser version not running off Flash, it could be amazing. Mm-hmm. But right now, you know, aside from some of the control changes they made for to uh, account for phone limitations, I'd rather play on the phone yeah. than on my computer on the browser. That uh that's a good that's a good that's a good uh subtopic to already start talking about is where are the where are some of the shortcomings in mobile gaming for you? Um I'll tell you right now, this has been the most obvious and bare bones basic and quite frankly, fucking duh must have that from the earliest stages of, uh, what my age knows as mobile gaming has already dealt with. I'm talking from the Game Boy era, even fucking Tiger games back in the day. Even fucking old handheld like red LED games yeah. is control. Is mm-hmm. control. Now I'm fully aware because I had a Super Nintendo emulator style thing on my smartphone back in the day. I understand that there are several ways to control games these days. I mean, you have the games that have the controller overlay over your screen. Cool. I get it. I see you can do that. But with phones being, I, I don't have, my, my phone that fits in my pocket is not the size of a fucking tablet that would fit in a backpack. So yeah. my giant manly monster thumbs cover up a gigantic portion of that screen. So if I'm playing, oh, I don't know, Final Fantasy VI on an emulator on my phone, and I put my thumbs on the screen to press the buttons and move the controls, a good, you know, a fifth, if not a fourth of the screen is taken up just from my fingers alone. So that's a no-go. That's not, that's, I'm not feeling that. I know that Bluetooth is a thing. I know that Bluetooth controllers are a thing. But now I have to bring a phone with me and bring a controller. Not gonna gripe too much, but that doesn't solve the problem. And you can't hold both at the same time. Precisely. 
So, so you have to put your screen down. So at that point, well, you might as well have a laptop or, you know, something else. Exactly. I mean, depending where you're at to play on instead. Where, where mobile gaming has already had this shit accomplished and mobile games now, as far as on other devices, just can't fucking compete is the controls because Game Boy had the fucking buttons on the screen. Now, uh, we're, you also got to pump the brakes on that too because a Game Boy was designed to play games. A Switch is designed to play games. A smartphone right. for mobile gaming purposes. Mobile gaming is an afterthought. It's a, it's maybe a tertiary or beyond reason why you would buy a phone. Chris went to the store and bought a new fucking phone because he wants to talk to Michael. Chris bought a new phone because he wants to be able to have apps to do, to manage things in his life to, uh, in the palm of his hand. Chris bought a phone so he can have the fucking internet in the palm of his hand at the touch of a button because he wants to look up a restaurant review or, or a fucking thing at, at Home Depot. I doubt that Chris was at the store going, yeah, what, uh, what's the, what's the mobile gaming scape like on this, uh, this phone out here? <laughs> You know what? Uh, what? What kind of gaming am I gonna be uh, seeing here? You know, I don't. So, I will say. I don't want to speak for you though. I mean, that's you, maybe you did. Maybe I'm an asshole. Not quite to that extent, but last time, so my phone not too long ago, first time I've ever dropped one and broke one. Did it? You know, dropped, hit the corner of it, shattered the screen, wouldn't come on. So I went to get it repaired, and you know, I got this runaround. I had to go over to this other store because. They were a repair center, and this one isn't anymore. So I went over there, and they're like, well, you didn't buy it with us. That other store is technically not a Sprint store. That's a third-party store, so you have to go to them. And I'm like, well, they just sent me over here, so they sent me to somewhere else. And they're like, all right, well, this other store is one of those third-party stores. They'll be able to take care of you if the other one can't. So all right, so I went to there, and by when it was all said and done, I was tired of going from store to store. So I went home, pulled up one of my old phones because I don't get rid of them or trade them in or anything. Yeah. My oldest phone that worked, or my, yeah, my newest old cell phone that still worked, booted it up. I was like, I can't play half my games because <laughs> they're not compatible anymore. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm not going to hold off because I want to be able to play my games I have. So I didn't go in picking a phone because of what I could play on it. Because the modern phones, I knew as long as it was Android, I could play the games on it. And it was, you know, not four years old OS. I could play on it still. Right. So it didn't make me determine what or pick a particular phone, but it made me get a new phone sooner. Gotcha. Okay. Well, as the I think the the thing I was going for is that when you go buy a a a game cons a mobile gaming console, which it's so hard that I'm trying to find a difference. I'm trying to differentiate between a console made for mobile gaming and encompassing mobile gaming as a whole. When you go yeah. buy, and again, just using a new reference, when you go buy the, what what is iPhone on? The 7? An iPhone 7? Uh, 10, Sh isn't it? A fucking iPhone, the, the iPhone <laughs> 20XX. The Mega Man, th oh god, oh no. <laughs> uh, when you go buy the iPhone 20XX, I would be hard-pressed in my circle of people, and I'm sure there's exceptions to every fucking rule out there, but I'd be hard-pressed in my group of friends and associates 
to find somebody that went there to try to find a phone for gaming. You know, you, you get a phone because you want a fucking phone. You get a phone because you want mobile portability, accessibility, etc. When you go buy a Switch, it's cool that, and I, maybe it doesn't, I don't have one, so I don't know, but it's cool that if the Switch have a, has a fucking internet browser on it, it's cool if you can add some other little apps or program type deals to the Switch. But you bought that Switch because you want to play games. You bought a Game Gear because you wanted to play fucking games. You bought a, 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 a Nintendo DS because you want to play games. A Game Boy Advance SP, etc., etc. All of these things have controllers built onto them because they are designed yep. to be a mobile gaming device. You want to take this shit with you and control it as close to actual gaming consoles in your hand as you can control it. You you can't do that with phone. You can't. You can't. Now, I made this same type of argument back in the day when I would talk about 3D gaming. I'm not just stay in the truck with me. I'm I'm taking a left, but follow along. <laughs> it all. I was such an outlier to 3D gaming because I was grossly ignorant to how the controls worked. My me, my understanding of 3D games was that they were making the games motion controlled with the helmet or the that the device you would put on your head. That if you wanted to walk forward, you had to like actually walk forward or tilt your head down or some shit. Right. The the big argument I always made was control. Control is where this shit is gonna make or break. And I mean, I meant that for mobile gaming and for 3D gaming. But if I'm talking about 3D gaming, I pose a very basic argument. If I'm playing Mega Man X and just, just spitballing a fucking game, somebody took the, somebody put the Mega Man X landscape, made it into 3D and put it into a VR headset. It was bothering me of how I was going to play that and have fun. Mind you, the time when that I remember uh, 3D gaming becoming a thing was also back in the Wii era where yeah Chris playing a tennis game with a Wii nunchuck was cool it, it matches because you can take the fucking chuck and swing it like a tennis racket playing golf with a with a uh, Wii nunchuck was cool it worked because you were swinging a golf club yeah. but I was as all these things that were, I'm not saying gimmicky, but they matched controls of what you would do with your hands, I would ask the question, how the fuck am I going to play a game like Mega Man X in this 3D headspace? How am I going to, I need to have instantaneous response. I need to push something and him to jump. How am I going to do, am I going to like tilt my head up real quick and that makes him jump? It always bugged me. Until years later when my ignorant, stupid, dumb eyes were opened and I saw people had a VR headset on, but they had a fucking controller in their hand. I was like, well, that's fucking genius. So imagine you playing Mega Man X and you run forward, but as you're running, you could look around with your head and, you know, be in Chill Penguin's snow area. You could see the snow fields and see the bunnies in front of you. And that's cool. What I'm... What I haven't seen yet 
what I'm waiting for is the eye-opening, oh, fucking duh, experience with mobile gaming as controls are concerned. Because when I see games on a mobile device, and I'm trying my best to include all of them, I'm including fucking smartphones, tablets, iPhones, what have you, when I see these games, I see them wanting so bad to get into, and I'm not trying to be arrogant, I'm just, I'm just putting a label on it, what I consider our gaming world. You know, they're trying to put Doom on these phones. You know, they're trying to put The Witcher. They, they want to have the success that all these AAA titles have. They want that. They want that mindset. They want that landscape on a mobile device. But when you look at it, you get Angry Birds. You know, you get, you get these general, you get Candy Crush. You get, uh, the fuck was that? defense game that everybody played. You get these tower defense style games. You get these party... You get Hearthstone and etc, etc. And my hesitation, my my looking down my nose at mobile gaming as a whole is that I see them trying to jump on my fucking side of the world and they want to get into this world. They want to get into the, the fucking God of War world the Final Fantasy world, the Mega Man world, the fucking Ratchet and Clank world, the Witcher 3 world. But they they can't because it stops at the controls and they don't have that bridge. It's not there. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen anything that no. makes it make sense. The only thing that could have made sense was back in the day when they had... Do you remember the phones that were like split in half and you could push the screen up and there was a keyboard beneath? Yeah. That could have worked. You could have had a keyboard, and then if you were that hardcore, if your fucking hard-on was that big, you could have put a digital, a D-pad on one side and have some buttons on the other or do the fucking PSP route and maybe have a really slick uh, analog stick. My point is, it hasn't been done yet. All I well, keep... Well, actually, Razer has... And I'm pulling it up on my phone now, ironically enough. Um... Because I remember seeing them with something, a controller and a mobile device. Mm-hmm. but And it hasn't finished loading, but it's called the Razer Serval. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's a controller. And again, you have to carry the controller. So it's back to, you know, that point still stands. Yeah. But the phone actually sits on it. It's attached to this controller. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have, and th- in this example, it's a, you know, fully fledged, uh, basically Xbox style controller. Yeah. It has a little thing, you know, the phone mounts on for your vehicle where you have yeah. the thing at the top and bottom that holds it in place. Yeah. That's on the controller. Okay. And it's connected via Bluetooth or, yeah, via Bluetooth. Okay. So that's, you know, one method. Again, you have a clunky controller. But what I'm curious is the Switch, you know, it has the things on the side, the controllers that detach. Mm-hmm. Why not have those for a phone? Exactly. Exactly. Those are small, low profile, but still give you that basic functionality to play simple games. You know, I'm not saying you can go play Call of Duty on it, you know, because it's not going to be responsive enough or big enough or whatever, yeah. not enough buttons. Yeah. But if you need to navigate menus, do basic movements, play Mega Man, I mean, you only need two buttons and a D-pad, right? Yeah. Or one button and a D-pad, really, depending how old you go yeah. on it. 
So what? I, mean, I don't see why that couldn't be done right now. I I see, and I I mean this mobile gaming shit has been on for years. This is no new argument. This is no new thing. It's just it's still trying. I still see the gaming market as a whole getting in my face about hey man mobile gaming. And to which my response is, then you tell every fucking manufacturer out there that manufactures phones to start taking this shit seriously. Make me believe that they want this shit as a fucking mandatory thing on a phone and not just a, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess in a fucking backwards way with another app and a third party app and some overlays, we could probably let you play fucking Warcraft 3 on this phone, sure. The gaming companies seem like they're all about it, but the phone max, the phone manufacturers don't seem to be as hardcore. Now, again, I'm pulling all this shit straight out of my fucking ass. Okay, I have no fucking Forbes letter in front of me saying that Sprint says it doesn't care about mobile gaming. I'm saying me, as a, as a co-host of this podcast with 35 years old and all his years of experience, I don't see the mobile market as a whole going, hey gamers, come on in, we fucking got you. I see it more like, yeah, you can get an app and you can probably play some games, it's cool, right? You want games? We've got, we've got fucking Pokemon Go, you know, we've got, we got all, we've got uh, ridiculous fishing, we've got, which is a good game, we've got these games, we've got it's like them it's like they're saying yes we have yeah we have games quote unquote you know you can go to the Google Play Store and you can de- oh you can find a fuck ton of games but i don't see the the fucking hard hitters and i don't see when they're going to be able to make the hard hitters make a difference i wonder if this is something that Google will approach because they're getting into the phone ecosystem now. They released the Pixel, and now the Pixel 2, I don't know if it's released or not, but it's actually a competitor to iPhones and stuff. Hmm. So they're not just going, oh, hey, you can have this if you want an Android phone, you know, kind of the equivalent of, oh, here, you can have this Linux PC for that type of person. Yeah. But for phones, but now the Pixel 2, and I don't know what the, how the Pixel was in comparison, but the Pixel 2 is like, okay, we're serious. Yeah. We are going to compete with iPhones. We're going to compete with HTC. We're going to compete with Samsung. We are on this playing field now. Good. Um, and they are the type of company that I would see putting controllers on their phone or buttons on their phone for controlling games. Right. Right. Because they're that type of company. They're like, hey, we want to do these silly glasses that, you know, have cool little augmented reality type things or whatever. We'll do it. Didn't make any money off it, but hey, they tried it. Yeah. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if they were the ones that pushed that boundary as far as a big company goes. Now, I'm sure there are small companies that'll do it, won't be supported by anyone. But if Google does it, everybody will try to get a piece of that pie, assuming they do it well. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I also want to throw some other disclaimers out here because. I'm trying my best not to sound like a fucking asshole or a hypocrite. I'm not saying that I hate mobile gaming. Okay. Yeah, you do. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying I do. Number one, as I've said before, I 
predominantly play my games right here at the house. Okay, if uh, just just to, just to a little peek behind the real life curtains of Michael. If I'm at work, motherfucker, my job don't have to. I don't have time to sit down at my job unless I'm doing my last bit of paperwork and leaving to go home. So, any I don't have that kind of job that I'm sure some of you out there do, where you could just clock the fuck in and then put your fucking feet on the desk, type up some shit, and then spend another six hours on a fucking phone. You know, I don't have that. Uh, if I'm out and about, I'm usually out and about doing something. So I'm doing something. I don't have time to play a game. If I'm if I'm driving somewhere, I'm usually the one driving. And that's that's by choice too. It's not like my wife forces me to. So I don't sit on the passenger seat and play games. Um, if I'm hanging out somewhere, I try to make it a point to stay off my phone when I'm hanging out with friends. I try to. Uh, I do a pretty good job until everybody else breaks their phone out, and then I just flip everybody off and put my own out. But <laughs> There are rare, there are very, very rare times. Like maybe if I'm waiting at a dentist office, I go to the dentist maybe four times a year. Okay. That's, that's, that's roughly a, a total time of maybe two hours of my life. If that, if I'm somewhere in line or sitting down and waiting on something, which again are very few and far between. If I could, if I just sat down with a pen and paper and just jotted down and did some quick math in my life of where I would actually have an inclination to play mobile games, it may be for a total of maybe 15, maybe 20 hours of my life of a whole fucking year. Mobile gaming does not appeal to me. It has no chance to appeal to me because of the, of the five hours of my work day that is free to me, four and a half, are sitting in front of a TV playing a game. Not trying to say an actual game, but I'm playing X games on my TV, on my PC, on my console in front of me. No game, no game has come out yet where I say, I'm not fucking turning my computer on today, bruh. I'm playing Angry Cats. Or fucking, <laughs> uh, who, sh- who, nipple tweakers. I don't fucking know. There's nothing. That has made me go, Chris, did you see the fucking E3 of this year? Did you see whatever game for iPhone and Samsung Galaxy S29? Oh my god. So, the fact that I don't have time and don't have the desire to play mobile gaming, which means that when I do see E3 conventions or or any gaming convention, and they're like, hey guys... Don Graves from So and So Games Interactive. We want to talk to you today about mobile gaming. Here's the 26 games we coming out. For. I'm like, I don't care. I'm sorry, I don't. So for the mass majority of listeners and fans out there that are like, bruh, I I'm on a fucking train commute. I play my DS on the 45 minute train ride to work and the 45 minute train ride back, or Hey, I'm, I'm always on a plane and my fucking switch is right up my alley. For you guys and gals, I'm sure mobile gaming has an appeal to you. And I'm sure there are tons of games out there that, that are, are up your alley. But then it. So you didn't, uh, play Fallout Shelter? Oh, what the fuck is Fallout Shelter? <laughs> really? No, I didn't. I think I've heard of that game, but no, I didn't play that. Yeah, that was, uh, their big thing when they announced Fallout 4, they're like, hey, 
not only are we telling you, you know, that Fallout 4 is almost ready, because they hadn't announced anything before that, but we have this little phone game called Fallout Shelter that you can play right now. <laughs> and everybody's like, what? <laughs> so the App Store blew up, and yeah. Oh, wow, the App so, Store blew up? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know. Mass, mass um, panic. Um, no, no. Yeah, so it was, it was a big thing um, because nobody had really done that and done it that well. Right. Because it was just those silly little base building type. I don't even want to call it base building, but it, I mean it was. Um, base management game, I should say, is better, not building management. Yeah. Um, and you just manage your people. You could send them out, explore things, you know. You did what you wanted to do on it. But uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Nah, man, I I suppose, but I didn't I didn't play it. And even going back to my statement, even if it even when it gets to me to the point where I would have a lot of time and would have the desire, now I would actually look at the games. And this is where I'm saying the the level of games that are going to be coming up and the ability to control them are going to be the next hurdles for me to get over because if. Let's say we're let's say it's 2020. I hope it don't take this long for this game to come out, but let's say it's 2020, and they tell me that the that Witcher 4 is coming out for the fucking PC, the Xbox Two, the fucking PS6, and the Samsung 26, and the iPhone 20XX one. I'm probably still going to get that game on the PC. I don't know what would urge me why I would care that they would jam it down my throat. That you can have fucking mobile gaming, bruh. Gotta get this on that phone you got. Because I don't. I guess it's a very subjective subject for me. But mobile gaming as a whole. Not talking about console gaming. But mobile gaming, like through apps or through your phones or tablets or whatever, there's no market for me. I am not in their scope. I am not their general audience. Um, but even when I try to get in their audience, I think of man, what's where is it going? What how how is it going to get better? What's what how what are they going to do to change this? Because right now, in my in my opinion, switch would be a mobile gaming platform to go for. I mean, you've got the games that are on the Switch. You already got one, now two awesome games to go play, but there's the backwards compatibility. There's I, I'm hoping that they have some sort of way to play the old Nintendo games and Super Nintendo games as well. There's your mobile gaming. But when you take that away and you hand me a smartphone and say, here's, here's fucking Candy Crush or this sort of related Call of Duty game, but it's tower defense. <laughs> I don't care. Now, they're not really games, but what do you use the companion apps for game for console games? The only companion apps I've ever used, I had a companion app for Final Fantasy XIV, which I used for all of three minutes because there was no need. It didn't do anything that I couldn't do right on my computer. And I have used the Breath of the Wild Companion because it helped me track shit a lot easier. So I have used that. Okay. But yeah, I, I'm at the uh, the other end of the spectrum from you. 
I spend probably more time than I should on mobile games. Now, I, where? Go, on my phone? Uh, at home. I'll sit here and I'll be like, all right, I need to check this game real quick because, you know, they're often based on timers. So at 6 o'clock, I'm going to get energy for this game. Oh, yeah. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. all right, I'm going to check this. And then hour, two hours later, I'm like, wait, I was going to actually play, you know, my console, but now it's, you know, bedtime, so I guess I won't. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of nothing I would call, you know, true games. Yeah. They're just what essentially time wasters. Um, or there's some sort of grind associated with it, and I don't know what it is, but anytime I have a RPG-like grind... I tend to get sucked in, at least for a little while. Yeah. So there, one trend right now with mobile games is the build up your hero type game, uh-huh. where uh, there's a few different ways that happens. We typically have, you know, around six, maybe five heroes you that are on your team. You upgrade their equipment, and then they level up. Or they gain rarity on top of levels or something like that to make them stronger. So you're sitting there grinding out these pieces to complete your heroes, doing little side things. Um, the Star Wars game, uh, Heroes I believe it is, is a big mobile game right now. I don't know if it's new, but it's probably within the last six months to a year. Uh, I started playing that because it popped up on another game to earn gems. Mm-hmm. Which is a whole another aspect we haven't even touched on is the money-making aspect of the phone games oh, yeah, and how yeah. ridiculous that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll log in. I'll be like, all right, I need to use my energy. Okay, well, you know, that may be 10 minutes on some games. That may be 30 minutes on another, depending if I can fast-forward through it or not. Right. Which is another interesting feature. You know, it's like, all right, we recognize that this is a little too much of a grind. You, we know you can beat this. So when you beat it with no, without anybody dying... Now you can fast forward through it or do it instantly without even watching it play out. So they're a little accommodating in that sense, but it just takes so much time uh, without even realizing it. Right. Um, I also play puzzle type games. Um, Not Candy Crush. I refuse to touch that game. (laughs) But, you know, even Angry Birds, that's a semi puzzle game. Right. I played it just to figure out how to beat the levels. Um, it's not, you know, a mechanically hard game. You just pull the Angry Bird back and aim it and you shoot. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I briefly tried Puzzles and Dragons. And here's one thing about mobile games like that. And like the other ones I was talking about. If you come in too late and they don't have servers or whatever divided up by certain time periods... You are so far behind, that's not fun at all. Yeah. In any sense. Yeah. So that's a big issue with the mobile games. That's why I don't play Puzzles and Dragons and another game like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a clone of it. But I enjoyed the mechanics of it because it's not only was it, you know, a match however many in a row, you know, three or more, but it's also, okay, now you have your characters, your heroes, or your monsters, whatever the case may be in the game. But the bigger the match, the more damage you do. And you get more monsters, you level them, you, you know, infuse them, whatever you call it, to power them up. So you have this, you know, RPG grindish type thing to it. Mm-hmm. And that sucks you in, or at least me. Um, 
so I've spent way more time than I should have on games like that. I have, you know, like five games on my phone right now that are essentially sort of the same thing. I only really play like three or four regularly, but I still have, you know, 15 more installed that I played at one point in time or another and may go back to if I get bored enough. There are a lot of games like that that are designed that way. You know, you can look at it from an outside perspective and see, you know, well, you can play for 10 minutes and do this thing, but if you come back at this time, between this time and this time, you can get more of this. Or if you just leave this thing on, just keep doing this thing, you can farm this over time. Like, I I, I can look at it from a design perspective, and I was like, I I see what you're doing. And when I start looking at games like that, that adds more of a... I don't know because it seems more like they're less less designed. They're they're they are. It's almost like they are actually designed to get your time and money. You know, they're des- oh, absolutely they're designed to they're designed to get your time and money, and they're also designed to give you the fucking proper endorphins at the proper time to give you those ah yeah right when they need to. And they all and they're also designed to have you look at somebody else and go. I want that. And they go, well, you can have that by playing for 3,296 hours. Or you can buy this loot box. You might get it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm like, I see. I see what the fuck y'all are doing. And I'm like, you're not even designing a game for me anymore. You you are. You're. It's like you're bastardizing some of the core aspects of a good, good game, you know? Yeah. So one of the games I play is called Knights and Dragons. And it's, you have your heroes, you have your armor you put on, you have two accessories per person per, and to go with your armor. Mm-hmm. And the armor has different ratings. Well, the best right now in the game is called Shadow Forged. Well, there are these chests where you can spend gems on, you know, to have a chance to getting a good item out of it. Most of them suck, but they have typically one or two chests that will drop what could be considered at that moment, best in the game. Of course, the next chest is going to be slightly better, right. but that's, you know, not really relevant. Um, but it got to the point where people were spending so much of this in-game currency on it that they recently added a guaranteed drop Wow! from a chest. However, so the normal chest may cost you, and they do this thing called step chest, where... Everyone you buy up to five will give you more of a multiplier on your uh, chance to get it. So if you have a 2% chance at the first one, by the fifth tier you have a 7% chance. You know, some super low number or it may even be like 20% increase. But yeah, when you increase .001 times 20, that's not a whole lot still. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things. But to do all that, and I actually did it because I have so many gems in game right now, uh... It cost me like 200 gems to go through all five steps because it starts out, okay, 10, then 20, then 40, then 50 or whatever. So it all adds up to being over 200 gems. Right. The guaranteed drop is 5,000 gems. Holy shit. And that's not easy to get unless you pay for it. Right. And even if you pay for it, that's not cheap. (laughs) Yep. Um, I'm actually loading it up right now because I'm curious what their pack is. So for 1,800 gems, which is marked as their best value, 1,800. So you'd have to buy three. Yeah, three of these packs to be able to get the thing. 
200 bucks each. Wow. For 1,800 gems. Wow. So you would have to spend 600 bucks to get that guaranteed drop. And Chris, there are... People do it. Yes. There are a... a, Will make you sick how many people you find out are actually doing that. And that blows my mind. Now... That's where the fucking that's where the fucking tinfoil hat in me comes out and goes. There's your fucking problem. You have yeah. you have uh fucking Johnny Joe Hideki in Japan that's trying to make a game by himself. Has been developing this game for seven years and his passion fucking bleeds RPG out of his fucking mouth. He just he he loves these games. He wants to make this game and he will make this. I guess popular opinion will be it'll be a 6 out of 10 RPG, but the fucking RPG fan base loves this game. He made it, man, you did a good, you did a good fucking job. Meanwhile, Steam Hat Sam over here in America has engineered a game that hits all the right chemical buttons in your fucking brain, has all the right color patterns, has all the right... Supply demand has all the right things to make you go, I want that fucking suit of armor that that dude has. How can I get it? Well, you could put 7,000 hours into a random chance or you can drop me a thousand dollars and you can have it. That's the guy that gets the known. That's the game that gets on the fucking charts. That's the game that goes across Twitter as trending for fucking seven, eight, nine months in a row and has all your friends yep. talking about it and putting it on their phone. And that pisses me off. That part of mobile um, gaming is that is what that's the part of mobile gaming that I do not like. And it's not just mobile gaming. Console games are just as bad. PC games are just as bad. That whole entire yep. aspect of pay to win or pay to get this cool thing, it irks me. Not my place to tell people how to spend their money. I don't give a fuck what you do. If you got the money and the capital, do what you want with your money. But that, to me, is not what gaming is about, you know? Yeah, and Knights and Dragons, is, and it's one of the only games I play that's this bad as far as pay to win. It is terrible if you do not pay for it, and I don't. I mean, I've thrown in five bucks here, five bucks there, just for whatever at the moment. But I, And I have a general rule of thumb where I'm not going to spend more on a phone game then it would cost me to buy a game I want to play. Exactly. You know, I'm not going to spend 50 bucks on a phone game when I can go pay 50 bucks and get a console game that I actually care about playing more and will get more value out of yep. at the end of the day. I agree. So I've spent you know a little bit on it, not much, probably 20 bucks or whatever. But it is one of the worst pay-to-win games I've played. <sighs> there are others that do it much better. Uh, Dragon Soul, it's another. You have your heroes. You get your scraps to craft... Uh, equipment to put on them you get all six slots you upgrade them to the next color or if there's not a new color available because we're in game at this point you just enchant it and you sit there until they do another update or work on other heroes or whatever and sure you can buy in that game their diamonds this in-game currency whatever you want to call it you buy them you can go a little bit faster but they also do a good job of giving you diamonds or gems daily right um and I pay three bucks a month on Dragon Soul because that gives us a daily hundred and something gems. Mm-hmm. Not a lot in the grand scheme of things, but I'll save them up for a couple of months and then spend them all at once and benefit, you know, all at least 10% of the scale that someone who pays does, if that. Um, but I don't mind that because I'm, 
almost as good as that person is and I'm not spending all that money. Right. Right. So I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. There's a small enough difference that it's not game breaking. Yeah. Um, but like in Knights and Dragons, you have these leaderboards. Okay. The top one or two people get this new armor, you know, that's more powerful than anything anybody else has. But, oh, by the way, they paid their way to win the last one. Mm-hmm. So they got the last good armor. Yep. And now they're just using it over and over to stay in the top, you know, five of these events or whatever. And they get more powerful and nobody can ever catch up without, you know, maxing out their credit card yep. at that point. That, so it's just ridiculous. It's so ugly. It's it's so, ugh. I hate it. Now, any the games, I mean, I guess we're kind of rolling off of mobile gaming, but speaking of mobile games as far as buying things, the games that have it where it's paid cosmetic is strictly cosmetic. Like you're playing a shooter type game and that your fucking hitbox doesn't change. It's just literally just cosmetic. Cool. Got no problem with that. Yep. I'll, hold, I'll hold nothing against that. If fucking Johnny Five wants to spend 500 bucks and get that cool platinum looking armor, hey man, whatever. But when me and Johnny Five buy the same game and I'm fucking grinding and I'm on level three on day two and he's at level 40 because he spent, you know, 300 bucks. Fuck that. No, thank you. It immediately makes me lose respect for a game. I think uh, a funny, uh, again, not not mobile gaming thing, but uh, Final Fantasy XIV, several uh, live letters ago, uh, they were asking uh, Yoshi P, and you know Yoshi P, he doesn't speak a lot of English, so he gets a lot of things translated, and they... They brought up the pay to win thing, and the guy that was asking the question was he's he, he was it was like a two minute question, and Yoshi P was like he heard his question, he listened, he had it translated to him, and he flat out said, "No pay to win," and the translator said, "Well, you don't have to have me translate that, guys. You heard him," and I'm like, "That's yeah, what I'm talking about. I remember about. that. That's what that I like that. I like companies that say uh, companies that laugh at that. Like no." No, thank you. Uh, like, imagine Rockstar doing a pay to win. Like, motherfucker, have you seen my numbers? I'm doing, I'm doing Grand Theft Auto. I mean, I'm doing Grand Theft Auto Five numbers. I don't have to have pay to so win. So their multiplayer is totally pay to win to a certain extent. Oh well, fuck me. I guess Theft I'm Auto wrong. Five. <laughs> um, they that's where they're making all their money. That's why they have yet to release a single player content they promised years ago. Wow. Because they are busy focusing on multiplayer. And milking that for every cent you can get. Right, well, they have packs where you buy in-game money, you know, millions of in-game currency for a hundred bucks or whatever. Oh, so they're making bank off that. Well, meanwhile, if you don't want to pay for it, you have to earn that money somehow. Right. So you're sitting there with the grind. Right. And I think at a certain point it isn't too bad, but it's definitely easy to progress with money on multiplayer. Right. Now, does it benefit against other people? I would say yes in the aspect that you can buy better weapons, uh, better vehicles. So even in races, I'll go in there and it's like, all right, custom vehicles are allowed. Well, this person had six million, you know, in-game dollars to spend on their car. So, yeah, they've got the super up, super sports car, you know, five thousand that you know goes Mach three. Yeah, I'm in whatever default car they give me. Right. So it's a little frustrating at times, but that's actually why they have a mode where you can disable custom vehicles. Right. So everybody's on the same level uh, playing field, which is good. And I won't say they handle it poorly because they they do okay considering the scale they are, but they're making so much money. And 
the flip side of that is they're making so much money that they've released like six multiplayer DLCs, if not more. Jesus. Um, and yet, so like, okay. and yet, no more single player DLCs. Right, mm. because they want to release the multiplayer because that's their cash cow. Right. That's where all the money's coming in. People buying it just to play multiplayer. You know, wow. at this point. Chris, I want to ask you, do you think, do you feel, I'm talking to Chris the gamer, not not, not the Chris trying to appeal to everybody in the gaming specter, but Chris, do you feel that mobile gaming is in the video game sphere? Do you feel like it's a part of the the gaming culture? Some. I won't say all, but I won't say all aren't either. Right. Um, because I don't consider Candy Crush to be that. But if you load up, like, some guys that work with talking about the snipers versus thieves game, where you're literally shooting thieves, leaving a thing, that sounds like a game to me. Yeah. I haven't played it. But that sounds like a legit game. You know, controls probably suck. Yeah. But that's a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I don't know where I I wouldn't be able to tell you explicitly this is the line, but there is a line somewhere in there. Well, where, where I'd say if you're on this side of the line, I would consider it part of gaming culture. On the other side, you're a casual scrub. Where <laughs> I like that. So where, what do you say? What do you think? What do you feel that mobile gaming is going to have to do to make you go, hey, mobile gaming, come on in. You're part of this. I can talk about you as just as much as I talk about the Xbox and Nintendo. You think maybe it has to be more accessible? Or do you think it... I, the- I don't even think it's that because it's pretty accessible. I mean, the only split I really see is iPhone exclusives or iOS exclusives. Because there are also Android exclusives, but that's more rare. Um, but that doesn't happen a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And not with major games that people really care about as far as real gamers, so to speak. Right. Um, I I don't know. I would say that the... It would have to have more of a ratio of what I would call quote-unquote real games to non. Right. But I don't think that will ever happen. I don't think so. Yeah, that, that was going to be my next question, which I guess you just answered. Do you, do you think it's ever going to get that way? I, and I, I think it will get where gamers will take it more serious because there are better games available. But I think the majority of the phone market will always be pay-to-win, clickers, puzzles, whatever have you. And that scares me. I don't see it ever going away from That me. scares me so much because I already hate, and I've hated this for years already, I hate the way that gaming has developed. It's the way it's us the way fucking everything develops it's the real world thing that we have to understand this world revolves around money sorry it yep. does so the gaming has went from i mean i'm not that fucking naive i know it's always been that way nintendo was a fucking cutthroat company back in the day uh, it's great that they're all fucking mario is equal to fucking mickey mouse as far as appeal and woohoo yay I, yeah, everybody loves me they they were a company and they were all about that fucking rock bottom dollar. So yeah, I understand it's always been that way. But it seems even more today than it was back then with a lot of games. It seems like it's always about we have to milk this shit for every fucking thing we have. 
it seems like the rock bottom agenda is more and more with some companies, with some games, some companies. It seems more of how the fuck can we not only get an initial profit off of this, but to continue to get a profit on it. Doesn't matter if it's a fucking shit sandwich. As long as people keep clicking that fucking thing that says pay credit, pay through credit card. As long as people keep fucking pushing that PayPal button. I hate that. And if, if that's all that mobile gaming's ever going to be, I'm, I'm glad to say I'm not a part of it. Don't want to be. No desire to be. And it's, it's rough. And, you know, I talked briefly when we were signing off on our last one about the uh, Twitch uh, RPG bot I've been working on. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie to you. I've had thoughts of, I mean, first it originated because I was like, all right, what can I do for my channel that I don't see anywhere else? Mm-hmm. I'm like, how about a game you play through it? Because there are the loyalty things. There's, you know, oh, use your points and gamble them type scenarios. But how about a game where it's an actual RPG style where you have a character you're invested in. Mm -hmm. You fight monsters, level up, do stuff, you know. And, you know, the first basis of that was what can I use to promote my channel, you know, make it bigger to give something to offer. And it's like, all right. Well, I can do this thing, but it's with the sole purpose of expanding the audience, which, you know, on one side, yes, I just want to have more of an audience. But the other is that directly ties into the chance of me getting followers, of getting subscribers, of getting donations. Right. So it's going back to the money side, even if, you know, I enjoy the coding aspect of it. I'm doing that part for fun. Right. But what did I code? I picked this because oh, it could potentially profit me in the future on top of being fun. Right. And I've thought about, well, if this works out, because it's a beast that never ends. I'm like, oh, I could do this feature. Oh, I could do this feature. Yep. I have a list of like 15 features on a spreadsheet that I haven't even touched yet because I'm not done with the other things I'm working on, the base part of it. Right. But I've already thought about, well, if this is big enough, I could make this a mobile app, mm-hmm. you know, a mobile game. Well, and then I had the thought, like I'm sure all the other mobile devs says, okay, how will I make money off this? Right, right. So I was like, all right, I don't want to be one of those games where pay to win, but you can only offer so much, right. you know. So how do you balance that? So I've already briefly had a couple of thoughts, you know, like I don't even know what I do because I don't even know what the game completely does yet. Right. You know, I'm still working it out, fleshing it out, but. I've thought about that. Right. And it makes me feel a little dirty, you know, because it's like, I don't want to be one of those guys, but I'd like to make a little bit of money too. Yeah. I mean, I guess if everybody else is doing it, sure. (laughs) But, you know, you're also not a AAA seven-figure company, you know, so (laughs) you're a guy trying to come up with a YouTube channel or or a Twitch channel or subscribers. It's a it's a big difference. Um, I guess it all depends on where your heart is, man. I just I, I get the idea that a lot of companies out there are trying to pose as though they want the next great gaming experience. They want to tap into what gamers love, and at the end of the day, they're fucking turning lights off and regular ringing their fingers, going yes, just fucking ringing their hands, thinking of all the talk. You just hear the fucking dollar signs clicking now. The lights come on. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, it's a. We are the Grand Theft Auto Five Killer. We have a great gaming experience. People will talk about us for decades. Yeah, I mean, if you sell a million copies of your game, that's all well and good. But 
Okay. But what then? What did you say? Where's your income after that? Yeah. Uh, you know. So I I always feel like I treat mobile gaming as that outlier. Um, I treat it like the fucking you know the Sony's in a house and Xbox Microsoft it's in a house and Nintendo's in a house and mobile gaming keeps trying to knock at that door. There's a loud fucking knock. I'll tell you that because everybody everybody's boosting up that hand to knock with, but yeah, it just doesn't. I'm like guys, I don't I don't see it. For all those that are hardcore fucking mobile gamers and all those that have all the apps and spend all the time and they just they, they, I play all PC, PC games and console games and I play equally if not more con, uh, mobile games. Happy for you. I'm sure there's reasons. I'm sure you can write in or email in and tell us all the exceptions to all these rules that I have against them or or all the things that we're not seeing. But as again, I've always made the argument that controls for me are where the buck stops. I have not seen anyone yet that is has broken through with that market. Maybe they will. Maybe there's an invention right now. Maybe there's shit that I don't know about. But in my narrow scope of gaming, as even as much as I see on a daily basis, I haven't seen anything that's like mobile gaming is finally coming up. It's here. It's 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 a thing. Fuck Nintendo, or it's it's right on the right along with Nintendo. So uh, I think that's going to do it for our episode today. Uh, again, this would be a portion where we talk about the emails, but we haven't got any. Poor, pitiful us. We're just like uh, Tusa Metal Black, we're going to dye our hair black and wear some <laughs> chains and listen to fucking, I don't know, uh, My Bloody Valentine, I guess. Uh, what are your thoughts on everything we've said today? What What's your take? On mobile gaming, what do you think about the mobile gaming as a whole entire landscape? What do you think about mobile gaming in the gaming realm as a whole? Where does it sit for you? Uh, what things did you agree with that we said? What things did you not agree? What exceptions do you have? What what counter arguments do you have? What things can you bring to light that we don't know about in the mobile gaming world? We'd love to know. Uh, we always encourage feedback. Someday we'll get there. There's gonna, I'm telling you, Chris, there's gonna be a day where we're gonna look back and go, man, you remember when we never got emails? Yeah. Yeah, what's up with us getting like 1700 a day now? Uh, did you, did you read any? Uh, I threw, I fucking rolled a dice. I started getting my, it's the best I could do. I'm sorry. But, uh, we definitely encourage emails. You can email us at endoftimecast at gmail.com that's endoftimecast at gmail.com no funny spelling no different numbers just spell it as it is we got a Facebook page which may be how you found us initially Uh, you can find us there just search Facebook for endoftimecast we have a Twitter endoftimecast is on Twitter as well so you got these three different ways to get a hold of us let us know anything anything you want to talk about any topics you'd like us to go over uh, we definitely have the next few topics already lined up, but man, we play it, we play it loose. We, we may, we may mix it up. We may just have a tangent episode next time. Who knows? But, uh, that's going to be it for today. Thanks everybody for listening. Tune in. Uh, we'll have another episode in about a week. Hopefully with less corrections this time. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we didn't fuck up too bad. I know somebody's got a notepad right now. Just oh, I'm gonna fucking tear this guy open. All this fucking mobile gaming bullshit. So, uh, all right, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, tune in next week about. Give us some feedback and 
we'll talk to you then. Until then, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Good night, everybody. <laughs>